Hi, hello, welcome back to another episode of Passive Pixels, a media catch-up podcast. Um, I don't really have anything stupid to say because we've already been talking for like two minutes. Um, so if you want to pay me for those two minutes, I've recorded it, I will edit it, and I will send it to you for $1,000. Uh, Dorian, are you okay if we split that down the middle, or do you want to try and negotiate that? No, I think 50-50 is honestly fair. To be okay. honest, you should pro- to be honest, you should probably actually probably get a bigger chunk because you do all mm. the editing and shit, but uh you've already offered it so no take back seats? No, no, that's the smart move. That's the smart move. I was stupid and I over-offered and that's what you do whenever in money's involved. You try to make sure that the other person is screwed over almost immediately. Go get yours. Exactly. Um, so that's our preamble. Good enough. Whatever. I, I kind of want to get out of here. All right. My wife is probably headed home right now. She said chicken nuggies from McDonald's. So it's like, man, I got to. The quicker we're done here, the quicker I can get my chicken nuggies. So, like, I'm kind of digging that. If we can hurry this up, this would be great. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get this list out of the way. I've got Thomas Was Alone, The Pacific, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. I forgot I even played that. The Shining. Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, Prey, yeah, look who showed back up, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, Downwell, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, Apex Legends, and BoJack Horseman Season 1. Now, Dorian, I'm going to go ahead and take like a five-hour nap. Go ahead and tell me your list and then wake me up. It's actually not as bad as recent uh, recent weeks, but yeah, it's still sizable. I, I want uh, no you video to know games. that the key that I'm hitting right now is X on my keyboard. X, X to doubt. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, kidding. Just, just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, just again, I'm going to say it again. No video games. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I have been playing uh, Overwatch casually, but I'm not mentioning that. So mm-hmm. anyways, uh, Twin Peaks The Return, Better Call Saul, Jumanji, Apollo 13, Kingsman The Secret Service, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Spring Breakers, Singing in the Rain, The Martian, Wild Strawberries, Mother, House of Flying Daggers, The Babysitter, Dreams, and The Prestige. Okay, okay. You know what? That was actually only a two-hour nap instead of a five one, so now I'm a little <laughs> cranky. Um, do you want to get started, or shall I? Uh, well, again, I got more, so I suppose I should. Okay, um, fair enough. Yep. And let's let's just bump a couple off the way quickly here. Okay, um, okay. I'm going to do my TV here and just kind of get this out of the way. <laughs> so Twin Peaks, The Return. Look, I'm still working my way through it. Uh, I've been busy lately, so I haven't had chance. Basically, I've still been prioritizing my one movie a day. Uh, and that's like kind of gotten priority above all else. And by the time I've done that, I'm like, okay, let's just play a couple matches of casual Overwatch. So my TV falling has my TV watching has fallen behind a little bit. Uh, so I've got about three or four episodes, I think, left on Twin Peaks The Return. I'm almost done. So I'm going to, you know, stifle a bit of conversation on that, A, so I can talk about it fully, and B, hopefully you end up getting off your ass and watching it eventually, too. Uh, look, look, you mean getting <laughs> back on my ass to watch Getting back on your ass. There you go. Uh, but I, I do want to say I watched, in that period, I did watch episode eight again. And Matt, I got to say, episode eight of The Return, I've talked about it before, but that Honestly, besides, I think, International Assassin of Leftovers and maybe um, I forget. I always fucking forget the name of it. But the one from Mr. Robot season four. I'm uh, sure you know the one I mean. Uh, ox, ox, um, proxy authentication required. Yes, 407? yes, yes. Besides those two episodes, and it, it might be tied with the Mr. Robot one. International Assassin is still my favorite. But I think episode eight of Twin Peaks is like right fucking there in that top three. Absolutely incredible hour of television. And watching it for the second time, I was like, yeah, this is just fucking so far and beyond 
anything else, most anything else on TV. It's so goddamn good. So, uh, but definitely gonna watch more uh, soon, and hopefully, hopefully by the next uh, episode, I'll have it finished. All right, listen, we're just gonna go ahead and throw this in here because you know it was gonna come up anyways. You know, you literally the day before recording, I'm sitting in bed. I for once am not doing something else, and I'm like, oh man, I'm here. I actually finished scrolling through my phone. What? Like I went through Mercari, I went through Offer Up, I went through Discord. I went through slick deals and we're good. I scrolled through Instagram. I scrolled through Snapchat. We're all good, baby. I can watch something now. And then I'm looking at the screen and I'm just like, hmm, things are a little bit too interesting in Discord now. I'm just going to keep scrolling. And then it reached 10 p.m. And I try to go to sleep around midnight. And since you told me that the first episode of Twin Peaks is literally just an hour and a half, it's like, mm, yeah. could I watch that first episode and then just like, go to sleep then nah i need my two hours baby right so i told myself you know what there's another show that i've been looking at that i'm gonna start and that show that i'm throwing in here is bojack horseman season one i know that i usually try to leave the positive stuff at the end but here we are now um so let's let's go back to twin peaks you know because i feel like by me bringing this up i am snubbing twin peaks a second time so (laughs) twin peaks is going to be a this is the closest that I've gotten to starting it. So it shouldn't be much longer out of 10. So <laughs> go, go, go on for you. Uh, still no score. I'll, I'll score what I finish out of 10. I'm, uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So uh, BoJack Horseman, I've unstarted this. And you know what? I've always heard that the first six episodes or so are like just this is a sitcom right this is a sitcom you're gonna watch this and you're not really gonna think anything much of it and they're somewhat right but i was way more impressed with bojack horseman than i was thinking because it seems that even though i assume this is the lightest the show gets i assume after this it just starts becoming you know it's still comedic but it still goes like oh wow that's darker than i expected And so far, even just from the first four episodes, the fourth episode is probably what I am going to spoil. Just because, like, I, it's the fourth episode of the first season out of six seasons. So give me this one. I apologize. I would still give a spoiler warning. But, you know, this is one where it's like, if this spoils it for you, this might be something that convinces you to watch it. So, yeah, I will give proper warning. Uh, But... Bojack Horseman, I am impressed that this show already from the beginning is giving me an idea of just how shitty Bojack is as a person. (laughs) And yet there is something about him that there's a relatability to him that beyond me just feeling like I'm a terrible person, (laughs) I feel like normal people probably watch this who don't consider themselves terrible and be like, oh yeah, I see something of him uh, in me. So... Yeah, BoJack is a very weird show so far where it's like, oh, this is working. I would have assumed that he would have been an asshole this entire time. And it's just like, I was just see him get fucked up a little. But no, there's you just look at this and you just kind of know how he got there already. And this is just from first four episodes. 
but the fourth episode is what I want to talk about. So let's just we're gonna get into three. Well, actually, no, no, hold on, Doreen. Is there anything that you want to say about Bojack before I go into the episode, or no? Yeah, I know. Actually, um, I'm I like I really like Bojack Horseman, and if I can put on our time machine hats for a second and just kind of rewind time a little bit, mm-hmm. um, this was back in the day when like if something like when something new was really and this was this was a thing. You're not gonna believe me, like if you, yeah, you're I not know, any, I know. You're, if you're not old, you're, you're like me. You're probably not going to believe this, but old days. back in the day, when when there was something new released on Netflix, it was it was actually kind of a sign of quality. I, it I'm was shocking. an event. I know it was an event. It was like, oh my god, something new on Netflix is coming. Like this, they have a great track record. This is probably going to be amazing. And uh, BoJack Horseman was actually part of that. And uh, I usually like at the time specific like, animated series are really a tough sell for me in general. So it's not like something that I'm going to jump into, but you know, Netflix I mean, had to be, a stamp. Far, to be fair, not even just animated. It would be adult animation. Yeah. Adult animation. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a tougher sell for me, but Netflix had that bar quality at that point. So I jumped on it pretty much right at the start. And yeah, it's an incredible show. It's really well done. It only keeps getting better. And it's, I actually need to go back and look because it's been so long since I've watched it. I don't even know if I finished it. Like I might've only watched, like, I think I'm, I think I might've not seen the last season. So it's definitely something I'll have to catch up on eventually. Uh, especially for maybe the show purposes, if you get there, which I'm assuming you will, cause you seem to like it a lot, but uh, yes. yeah, it's a great show. Uh, it's uh, Bojack is, is one of the most selfish fucking asshole yeah. characters you'll, you'll meet in a long time, but there's definitely, there's something that draws you to him and appreciate yeah. maybe because I'm a selfish asshole myself. So <laughs> I, I see a lot of Bojack in me. That, that's the that's the real problem is that you see him and you're like oh that's a very human flaw like it's never anything yeah. like like uh yeah, you know what that's gonna that could be clipped out of context but screw it it's nothing like ooh i hate the jews and it's like ah that's not right that's that's really hard to relate with um but if it's something like oh i'm very lonely and i am self-destructive and i handicap other people to a point to make sure that i'm not alone it's like oh um you know the loneliness part is that's that's relatable maybe not how you act out on it but you know i could see how you got there so there's something exactly. about that it's like that's how do you even do this with a talking horse cartoon but hey sick um okay yeah. so, so so that's basically all i had to say so yeah. all right the episode that i want to talk about right is the fourth episode so you know this is one where it's like do you feel convinced about this show no it's going to be spoilers, but, like, listen in. Maybe that might convince you. If you already know the show, well, then, you know, that that's okay. You know, you, you, this isn't spoilers to you. But if you're on the fence and you're like, I should watch it, you know, just tune out. This is one where I feel like I want to give proper enough spoiler tags. So, three, two, one. Bojack kneecaps his friend because Bojack doesn't want to be alone and basically hands him a video game that has ruined his life and given him uh, severe, probably, I don't know, self-esteem issues about what he can actually accomplish. And that was something that was like, wow, that's actually pretty fucking dark that, I mean, like, do you, it's, it, let's be honest, okay? It's something that as soon as Oh, wait, okay, I should probably, I guess, explain, because I am talking about spoilers, and I am inviting people who have not seen the episode, so context. Uh, Bojack, he is uh, trying to help his roommate Todd uh, with a rock opera, 
and he's been trying to write a memoir for himself. And the author who will ghostwrite his memoir kind of calls Bojack out on his bullshit. And he's like, well, I mean, you're always putting down Todd. Maybe you should help him out. And Bojack's like, oh, look, look, I don't want, I'm not putting him down. I'm putting him up. He stays in my house for free. I don't even charge him rent. And then she calls him out as like, you're only letting him live here because you don't want to be alone. And, you know, you don't want him to ever leave you. So Bojack's like, well, fuck you. I will prove you wrong. So Bojack helps out Todd and the rock opera is apparently going very well. And Bojack just consciously, consciously, which is the, that's the most diabolical part. Uh, Todd tells a story about how he had gotten addicted to a video game like 10 years ago, and it was very destructive to his life because he would just not pay attention to his girlfriend. He got kicked out of his house because of it, and he feels like he is a fuck up more because he let that game take over his life. Now, what does Bojack do? Bojack, after realizing that Todd is about to be too successful, he takes him to a gas station and you know how gas stations have like those little bundles up front where it's like just a bunch of shitty DVDs that you could buy for like a dollar that I don't understand why it's there, but Hey, it's there. Um, so what Bojack does is that he pays someone off behind him to get Todd to focus in that box. He pays off the counter that works at the gas station and then he goes to buy the game to plan it there. So Bojack basically creates a scenario where Todd will recognize the video game, realize that the game is so cheap inside that bin, buys it, and then gets addicted to the game and then ruins his chances of being able to do the rock opera and to become successful and then leave Bojack. And look, let's be honest, right? From the beginning of the episode, it was like the most easiest thing to call out it's like oh yeah bojack is going to fuck over todd you know like as soon as she called him out on it it's true bojack is a very lonely person so he doesn't want to be lonely but even still with the predictability of it seeing that final sequence of bojack leaving the house he's wearing a hood like you could just see this man already looks shady but then seeing that oh my god there's i don't remember what else there's probably like a, a side story with uh, a black dude that was dating the ghostwriter and how he still had feelings for her or something like that. I don't remember. But it was a speech about loneliness at the same time that Bojack is shadily going off to pay everyone off who was involved. So he pays off the gas clerk, he pays off the paid actress behind him, and he returns the game at like at a Best Buy. And it's just like, wow, this, um, I wasn't expecting this until like the second half of the season one, but like, episode four doing this i was like oh we're we're starting off hard with these with this man's problems and um yeah i feel like i needed to explain that to show that even early on it's like oh this guy is a he's a fucking mess but um even though he is a total asshole it, it it's it's still something that would need to be watched so yeah, I the spoilers that hopefully sell you on the show. So the the score I'm gonna go ahead and give Bojack is a hmm, a hmm out of ten. 
Uh, I'm going to give it a Bojack's very good, but fuck you for delaying uh, Twin Peaks further because of Bojack. I don't look, know. look, look. It might be next episode. Next episode. Because, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, Bojack, good, but you know me. I can't be happy for that long. So, that's Twin true. Peaks that's true. might be later on today. Who knows? That's true. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I'd like to do that, but you, look, look. What also derailed me is that while I was having dinner, the Snark Tank uploaded their live episode, and it's like, oh, well. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. So that delayed me even more. So, yeah, acceptable. Yeah, All right. So, uh, carry on back to you because I know you still have like 43 things in there. Yeah. So let's just touch on Better Call Saul quick. Um, okay. Still great. We're we're watching it live still. Yeah. Uh, last, I think we've watched two episodes. I guess since the last one. Uh, setting up the pieces, man. Things are getting intense. <laughs> I don't know, man. Show is still like the best on television right now. It's yeah. incredible. It's just untouched, so I, I don't have much to say on it. I guess I, I just got to shout it out because it, it's so consistently amazing every week. Yeah, I, I didn't even put it on my list because it's like I, we're going to keep watching this week to week. Are we just going to say the same thing over and over again? I'm yeah. like, that was a good episode. Do we delve into spoilers? Nah, nah, it's fine. Yeah. We would do it weekly if we wanted to really talk about it. And Better Call Saul, very good, but I... I I want to avoid week to week for most things because then it's just like, oh, well, this episode is going to live for literally a week and then afterwards it's going to be a, a nice time capsule of seeing how wrong we were. And it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, I've only, I did, probably didn't need to bring it up this week. Uh, I feel like if something monumental happens enough, like in one of the episodes from last episode or last episode, hmm. uh, last podcast it might be worth uh, touching on but yeah not, nothing quite that big but uh yeah still really great so we'll see where this rest of the season goes i'd say maybe mid-season break mid-season break, yeah if which we we're almost go, there yeah so if we get that far in and we feel like we can discuss it we can probably give it a whole lot more time there perfect okay yeah. right, well that's all, right. all okay um wait did, shall i go again what do you, what do you want to do uh okay so here let, let me let me do a three block and uh, then we'll, we can count after and we should be somewhat closer. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into the Martin McDonough block um, okay. and talk about three, billboard, yeah, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, in Bruges, and seven psychopaths. So all, of course, by writer-director Martin McDonough, who, as far as I know, hopefully I'm saying that right, McDonough, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, uh, he has writes all of his stuff. Uh, and directs it so yeah uh, i started with the most famous one so that was th- well i say most famous but it's like i guess the most uh award recognized got nominated for a bunch of oscars i think won some so uh almost won best picture too <laughs> so uh where was it uh three billboard got a lot of uh, nominations awards stuff like that uh and yeah so i watched it and, and then that spurred me to watch his other two movies which uh aj uh mini aj who's mm-hmm. been on this show before. What did he do? He did... Uh... Uh, he was our uh, token British uh, for letting us talk about Bound, because if not, we would right. have been murdered. Right, that's it. Yes, he did the Bond episode with us. Uh, yeah, so shout out to AJ uh, for putting me on this guy's radar in general, uh, although I had heard of Three Billboards before. The other two in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths, I hadn't. Uh, three Billboards, though. Wow, what a movie. Uh, probably, my, I think I ranked it second now for 2017 films. Uh, so I'd shot right the fuck up there. Uh, only behind uh, Phantom Thread, which I really like. But yeah, this movie was really, really great. Uh, Francis McDermott and Sam Rockwell are absolute all-stars in this movie. And maybe my favorite performance from both of them. I think certainly Sam Rockwell. Francis McDermott has a lot of really good performances, so I'd actually have to mm-hmm. think about that. 
but this was definitely the best performance from Sam Rockwell. He's really great in this and is not an easy role to play either. He kind of plays this like really like racist, just piece of shit asshole. And oh, have you seen this movie? Yes, no, I have. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you'd seen it. Awesome. Okay, um, yeah, he just plays this really racist piece of shit asshole, but he gets you to empathize with him somehow. And that's not yeah, easy how? to do. Yep. Yeah. So I, part part writing and just part in really incredible performance from him. Yes. Um. There's a there's a bit of a slow chunk in the middle of the movie I find where it's just yeah, a bit of a lull, but it's not enough to really hurt it overall. Um. And I think. The ending, the the ending. There's a little bit of discussion on that, I guess. I don't think it's, I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's solid and it's fine and it does what it sets out to do. And I get what they were going with it. But everything else in this movie is just so impeccably done. Like I said, like the acting performances across the board in this movie are just so good, and the way it's shot just really kind of keeps you on its toes. You never really quite know where the story is going and what they're going for, and I always appreciate that. And that's something that I've learned with. uh, well, we'll talk about them after, but with all his movies, he's really good at. So, yeah, just a incredible movie. I really liked it. All right. Uh, three billboards. Uh, I very much enjoyed this one. I just always kind of enjoyed the offbeat tone that it had. Um, is there really anything else that I remember about this movie? No, I don't think so. I, th- I think I'd be just stretching if I tried to speak anymore. So I will let you go to spoilers if you wanted it. All I know is that Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is a very good movie that starts from a dark place. And then it just has all these characters that are very entertaining and I'll say understandable. I feel like understandable is I feel like it's a dangerous word considering that we did just say that there's a guy who's like very openly racist. But, you know. He's an asshole, but besides the racism, <laughs> yeah, he's a good and, guy. And you can also tell too; it's a product of his environment, right? Like that's just yeah. Like, like, like I, don't get me wrong; I'm not excusing racist behaviors, be, their behavior, but it's very much a lot of the time it's just the product of their environment and how they were raised, and they were never taught any better, and it sucks. And that's just kind of how it is for him. And again, that's not excusing it, but makes it understandable, like you said. It's you know cases. what. That's a way that I like to say it. If maybe he didn't grow up in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Ebbing, Missouri, you know, and you would assume raised by actual racists, you know, that maybe he would have been a good guy. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, for sure. Uh, but yeah, really great character, too, in general. Um, also, yeah, so in terms of spoilers, actually, I do want to dive into spoilers on the... Oh, fuck, you haven't seen the other two movies, though, no, have you? I have not seen the other Fuck two. me. Okay, well, then I'll have to... Keep, I can't dive into spoilers, but I will talk about those one day. Uh, but yeah, I actually didn't have anything for three billboards, so we're good there. Uh, movies a 9 out of 10 for me, just really great stuff. I have nothing to say about the other two, just so, so carry on. Okay, no score, though? Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> you went, you went uh, 3 out of 10, just, just in... Just in... <laughs> Okay, yeah, fair. good score. Uh, <laughs> I, I, please, everyone, understand. I like this movie. I'm joking. Please, this is this is my stance against numbers. That no, three I, out of ten. He locked it in. He hates it. <laughs> I hate this uh, movie okay. now. I'm sorry. Um, they made fun yeah. of the racist, and I like racist. Damn it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, in Bruges. So this is the second one I watched, and this is yeah, this is the one AJ really talked about a lot and and uh, and uh, propped up because I think it's his favorite of the three. Uh, I got to say the level of wit and comedy and joke timing in this movie is really, really stellar. Like you don't see it like you, you there, there are, there are people that can do comedy really well and blend it with other genres and things like that. Like, you know, Edgar Wright's really good at that. 
there's a lot of directors that can do that kind of thing and do a really good job with it. But some of the some of the jokes that this movie makes and the callbacks they do with it later on in the movie, like it's so intelligent. And he wrote the screenplay himself. Like it was all him. He directed it. So it's like, holy shit, man. Like this guy is fucking funny and he's smart. Like to to be able to pull off humor at that level, just really great shit. So yeah, this movie's great. Uh basic premise. You just got two hitmen who kind of have to hide out in this small town after things go wrong, and it's just kind of kind of like an odd couple situation where like one of them is really outgoing and wants to explore some shit and he just kind of wants to get drunk and do nothing. Uh, Colin Farrell, I should say Colin Farrell's character and uh, Brendan Gleeson's character is the more outgoing one who these two have a really great chemistry together in this movie. I don't know if they've ever worked on anything before uh, together. I'd have to look into that, but uh, their chemistry in this movie outstanding and it's really good stuff. Um, again, bit of a slow chunk in the middle that kind of brings it down. In fact, I think it's a little bit more prevalent in this one than uh, three billboards, which is why this is my, I'd probably rank it second if I'm ranking these three yeah. uh, movies, but yeah, it's still really well made, uh, definitely worth watching. And, uh, yeah, it was super enjoyable. So eight out of 10 for me and you nothing, nothing. No, I got nothing. The, both of these, I just know I don't want to watch it because whenever I look up the term dark humor, these two come up and it's like, yeah, yes. I should probably watch that. But you yeah. know me and the idea of laughter. We actually kind of hate each other. Yes, no, I I agree. And that's normally not my thing either, but it's Mar- Martin McDonough knows how to do it very well. So it's you you I know it's going to be completely fine. It's a me thing. It's not the movie thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Seven Psychopaths. So this is kind of the widely agreed upon, I guess, worst one of his three movies. Uh, I still really liked it, though. And it's definitely like I would put it below after some thought. I'd put it below uh, in Bruges. But, man, I don't know. It's still really fucking good. Uh, not to not to bring back uh, horrible memories from The Last Jedi, but it does very right. well of subverting your expectations. I'm uh, because you kind of. You kind, of, <laughs> you kind of go into this movie expecting one thing, and apparently I never watched the trailer for it, but apparently the trailer was very misleading on purpose for this movie because they wanted to fuck with you a little bit. Uh, and it's really, really well done, in my opinion, in that regard. It's very meta, which I wasn't expecting at times. Um, it's, it reminds me a lot of the movie, which you need to watch. I know it's in your goddamn stack of movies, is Adaptation. Uh, it oh, definitely God. had a lot of uh, adaptation vibes to it in the way it was presented at times. Uh, it's basically about a guy who's trying to write this screenplay and things are starting to get blended together quite a bit. We'll just leave it at that without going into spoilers. Uh, again, Sam Rockwell's really great here. Uh, Colin Farrell's here. Christopher Walken is, I mean, when is Christopher Walken? Not incredible, but he's awesome here. And uh, yeah, you can definitely tell he likes his, he likes specific actors to go to and Sam Rockwell and Colin Farrell. I mean, they're great actors. You can generally put them in anything and you're going to get a really solid performance. And uh, yeah, here is no question. So definitely not a, not the type of movie I was expecting, but what I got here really liked. It was funny. Maybe not as funny as in Bruges, but definitely funny at times. And uh, yeah, just supremely well made. Um, uh, yeah, so that's also an 8 out of 10 for me. You, so this is just in a complete different direction because you had mentioned adaption. I completely mm. forgot about the right side of my cabinet that has all of the physical uh, games and movies that I had. Uh, I bought a <laughs> new SSD for my PS5. I threw it in there an entire terabyte. So then I was focused on the game side. And I just uninstalled so many games on my ps5 and it's like oh man look i have so many games for a console that i don't even use that much how embarrassing and you talking about adaption being in that stack is like oh god there's an entire stack there oh no 
Um, but <laughs> at least if there's one positive that can come out of this, it's that I'm getting that movie itch. So like <laughs> I might be my focus might be coming back. We'll see. So maybe good. Now, you know, I'm not going to promise adaption. I'm not going to promise. Who, who the fuck knows when I get to that one? All I know is that it's like maybe if the bug gets in me again, it's getting close again. We'll see. Ooh. Oh, yeah, great movie. Uh, and that is it for the uh, Martin McDonough block. Uh, I still have 15 left, but if you want to interject, you can. Otherwise, I can keep going. Up to you. So, Mark, uh, I didn't even give a score. Uh, Mark McDonough, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a score of I have to really focus to say your last name or else I'm going to sound really dumb out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I was saying it right, so fuck it. That's fine. I heard you say you sounded pretty confident in it. I will join you in the stupidity if we're misspelling it. I mean, misspeaking, whatever words. You see, cool. I'm already screwing Perfect. up. Perfect. Block us. Gary. Carry on. All right. Uh, okay, I don't want to do my, my good three block yet, so let's do... Well, let's just go to the top. Let's do Jumanji. Uh, look, Jumanji. So this was on my uh, 4K uh, collection watch. I have the 4K of this. Uh, nice 4K cut, by the way. But again, I'm, I'm going to mention this every time I do this. Fuck Sony and their god-awful 4K menus. They're so bad, and they are by far the worst out of anyone's they're so fucking terrible holy shit and you know what's stupid too the spider-man uh the spider-man one i don't think had that kind of menu it was different so i guess maybe marvel gets some fucking special menus that are slightly better but jesus christ anyway which one which one the no way home? the new one the no no way home okay um yeah. that's that's weird maybe they know already because like, yeah. i know jumanji was an older 4k title yeah so maybe, maybe actually you're right that's a brand new one so maybe they finally changed the format hopefully fingers crossed okay they heard you bitching hooray yes hopefully we'll see Next Sony, I'm not buying Uncharted to find out. So maybe I'll get Radic to report it and tell us. <laughs> special correspondent on the street, Radic for the 4K. <laughs> there was an un- Uncharted 4K in my house, and it's like, wow, I'm kind of. No, you could you <laughs> could test it if you want. <laughs> I'm not, you think I'm opening that? I'm returning that shit. I already returned it. I already got my uh, refund. Yeah, good job. Good. good job. Um, okay, so yeah, Jumanji. Uh, look, this is like Groundhog Day for me. This is just another like, oh, I'm not feeling very well. What do I want to watch? Eh, Jumanji is a good choice. I just I've seen this movie a couple times, like a few times as a kid. It was always on TV, so it's something I would just kind of toss on and put on, and it's just comfort food for me. I really enjoy it. Uh, I still think it holds up really well for the time. I mean, it's still a great movie. Lots of fun, funny. Robin Williams is a treasure. I, I love Robin Williams. I miss him. I wish he was still around. Funny guy. Uh, I will say this, though, and it, it's funny looking back on this movie, how many of the moments in this movie actually scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. just remembering back on it, like, there's that one scene, which, I mean, yeah, this is kind of a mini spoiler, but fuck it, it's Jumanji, I'm sorry. Like, come on. Yeah, it, it's Jumanji, uh, out of all things that you're going to spoil, like, it, it, it's Yeah, and it's very minor, it happens at the start of the movie, so fuck off. Um, but basically he just gets sucked into the game board <laughs> very early. Oh, in. whatever. That's the first like 10 minutes. Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's such a minor spoiler, but it's still technically a spoiler, but anyways, no, no, he, no. Okay. Look, anyone who gets angry about that one, direct your, uh, your anger at me. I'll tell you to fuck <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Perfect. And with, with me included, uh, he gets, uh, sucked into the board. And as a kid that scared the shit out of me, I remember just like the, 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 the vivid imagery of him getting sucked into the board. It looks so bad now. It's like, oh, it's terrible looking, but, yeah. um, Back then, I was like, oh, my God, that scared me. But I don't know. I'm not the best judge of that. As a kid, I was scared of the PBS logo. So what the, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but, yeah. That was, oh, uh, you, 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 we need to roll it back there. What? <laughs> well, no. It's Remember, okay, did you ever watch PBS when you were younger? I'm, I'm pulling this up right now. No, that's the thing. I wasn't a poor child, okay? I had cable. Okay. 
Hold on, let me see if I can find it because it's not going to no, be the PBS logo. Look, okay, PBS logo. I'm going to look it up right now. What what year do I put? Okay, well, I, it probably didn't change much then. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to send I'm going to send a link to you. Okay. It, it would have been just been like something similar to this. So I'm going to post it in the the Zencaster chat here. One second. All right, let's see what the fuck. Okay, so it would have been similar to that. But you okay, but you hold on. There's more to it than that though. It's broken. You have to picture. You have the to link picture. is broken. You lied. It's broken? It's broken. Oh, maybe it's too long for You sent me I'll the Canadian link. I'll just post it. I'll just send it to you in Discord one sec. Yes. Copy image. No, that's the thing. Everything. They know how terrified you are of it. Okay. And I don't know. It's not it's working. Just you. Google PBS. It's like the black one. Anyways. Um, wow, wow. You're telling me you're scared of the black one? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. It was scared of any of them, but that specific one. But you got. You got to remember. It was like when I was a kid. It was like it'd be like this really like big like orchestral swell and this like really intense music. And there'd be there. And there'd be this narrator and he'd be like, he'd be like, "This is PBS." And I don't know why, but just the combination of that narrator and that logo scared the shit out of me. Okay, hold on. There's there's a little clip here that's seven seconds. I'm gonna go ahead and just. Oh, just it. No, come on, come on! That's what it was. Hold on, send me that... the link. Send me the link. Oh, I know okay, I said, dude, it has like a little, like a little nice glissando, like the beginning of Link to the Past. Come on. Oh, oh God. Okay, I just got chills. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> huh? I still, I still don't like it. No. No, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, everyone, if you want to look this up, it's a seven-second clip, right? PBS logo, 1991. There you go. There you go. This is this is going to be a multimedia episode now. All right, we're going to send it directly to your phone, and then whenever you're done looking at it, we're going to blow up your phone. Okay, maybe not that last, maybe not the last part. I can't afford that. Um, have you um have you okay? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a clip, and it's kind of a meme now. But have you ever seen it? The don't you put it in your mouth? Have you seen that? I oh my god, I've only seen it in memes. I've never seen the actual thing. Okay, so that actually scared me as a kid too. Like that legitimately scared the shit out of me because those puppets are creepy as fuck. So. Yeah. Okay, you about puppets? Understandable. That's that's uh, puppets. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jumanji, good movie, really good. Uh, oh yeah, Jumanji. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give the PBS logo a frighten more children out of ten. Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> Jumanji. Uh, Jumanji is just comfy. It's exactly what you said. It's just cozy. You know, you hang out. Robin Williams. He's a fun time. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Look at you. Look at you being a little cute girl. Good for you. Have fun. Do all that. The boy, I don't know. Does the boy ever become anyone? Who cares? Whatever. He's cool too. Um, the girl, oh my god, isn't it was a hunt. I was I knew it was a hunt girl. Uh that hunt girl, you 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 were a fun time. Uh the dad being the um the hunter that chases them down the entire movie. Like, oh, I like that. That's great. Um, yeah, Jumanji's just fun. Who the fuck is calling me? Hold on, hold on. Hello? Hi, is anyone there? Yes. Hi, this is Glenn calling for the police and trooper support. Of course. Our mission is to seek police training yes. improvement as well as to advocate for a definite disability fund for those officers killed yes. or injured on the job yes. with the passage of better laws. Yes. As a PAC, we're asking yes. you to help us select people that will back yes. men and women in blue yes. and effectively handle yes. these issues. Yes. If we were to send you an envelope, would you show your support with yes. a one-time donation? Yes. 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 Damn it. Oh my god, this man. I was kind of hoping that that'd be worthwhile, but nope. Nope. Alright. 
You know, it's funny that that entire time my microphone was, my, uh, my headphone was doing that weird clicking noise again. And I just fixed it as you finished. So I don't know. There was some, that was like serendipitous. <sighs> Whatever. It's okay. Because both that wasn't worth it. I was kind of hoping that they would just get really angry by, by, by me just saying yes over and over again, but whatever. I blocked them. Do I keep that into the episode? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> um that, by the way, that, good. Kid, uh, that kid was in a few things, but, but not much that, that was basically certainly no Kristen Dunst. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a Jumanji a, um, I don't know the hunter screaming on top of the floating inflatable at a 10. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Um, you know what? You've done a couple. I'm going to go ahead and do one right here. Uh, Thomas was alone. Um, this is the first time in the entire show that this has happened. I put a little dash right next to it. And usually whenever I finish something, I put complete next to it. This is the first time I put a dash and just put dropped because I'm done with Thomas is alone. Um, Thomas was alone is a game that I was playing on Vita. It was probably an indie that came out. Actually, I don't even want to take a guess. Let's just say early 2010s, probably before 2015. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it is a puzzle game where you just have blocks and you need to fit them in certain spots. Certain blocks have different physics or different jumping uh, attached to them. And um, it also has like a narrative where they give these blocks personalities. And uh, it's an I think it's Stephen Fry that was narrating it. It's one of the British guys that when you hear it's like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. Um, so just playing this, I've been slow playing this for like the last four years or so. And then at some point I just realized I don't care. There's just so much of this story where it's like Janet was angry about David. And David didn't understand why Janet didn't understand, but yet he loved it. I don't care. And then playing like that, even just doing the block puzzles, like, yeah, they're block puzzles, but I'm fine. Like. To be a puzzle game, like you have to be way better to like justify your existence because there are some damn good puzzle games out there or games that aren't even puzzle games that have puzzles in them that are very good. So, yeah, Thomas was alone. I was like, I'm I'm fine. I just at some point I realized I was doing it out of obligation because I just wanted to finish it. And so I just deleted it off of my three Vitas and I'm, I'm not going back. So, Dory, do you have any experience with Thomas was alone, anything like that? Uh, no, but uh, may maybe if Thomas doesn't want to be so alone, he should get some bitches. Uh, he was be he was getting some bitches. All right, where I left off, Thomas was getting bitches. Okay, he saw this thick rhombus, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I should have probably mentioned that they're all squares and like little rectangles. So like, you know, they're all just like different shapes." But now nah, Thomas saw this thick ass parallelogram, and he's like, "I'm gonna tap that." That's where I left off, but that wasn't enough of an error of a hook. As soon as I realized yeah. that my boy Thomas was getting that ass, I was okay. Yeah, as long as, long as we know Thomas is going to get that ass, then the, the game is done. The game is done. <laughs> uh, Thomas was alone. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give that a, well, you're not alone anymore, so why am I still playing out of 10? Cool, I'm going to give it some, yeah, get some bitches out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just an evergreen uh, score. You could give that to anything. True, true. All right, uh, that's... You know what, I'm going to just throw this in here because this is part of the Vita block. Why not? Let's just knock it out. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. Um, who boy, I don't even want to talk about this one because uh, at some point <laughs> I'm going to try another Assassin's Creed game, either next episode or the episode after. This is a bad thing. I don't like myself. Learn from my mistakes. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. All I know is that getting into it, they drop the title card in like the first 20 or 30 minutes and like there's no buildup. And the problem is, is that I like 
well, okay. I I liked Assassin's Creed 2. Let's just leave it as pretensed. I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah, pretense. Yeah, pretense liked because if I played that game now, I feel like I would hate it. So I liked Assassin's Creed 2. I have no idea if that's true now. But when that title card drops and it's like, oh, we're leaving the life, brother. May we never lose it or something like that. And then you just hear, and it's just like, oh my god, that theme is fucking hot. And you just see Ubisoft Presents and Ubisoft Montreal Production, Assassin's Creed 2, and it's just like, oh, oh, that's fucking hot. The problem is, is that if you're not living up to that, why even bother? So this intro drops, and it's just thrown out. It's like, wow, cool. You don't care about this game? Neither do I. And I kept trying to play it from a little bit after that. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's see what the gimmick of the game is, which is that you can either dress up as a slave, you can dress up as a noblewoman, or you can just dress as an assassin. It's like, okay, slave, noblewoman, assassin. That seems like a cool mechanic. But the problem is I never got to explore the mechanic because, honestly, the frame rate in this game was like 10 on the Vita. And I was like, well, I'm not dealing with this. So then after about an hour, I deleted it. And I got back like four gigs on my ridiculously expensive uh, micro SD card from the Vita. So, um, yeah, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a fuck off out of 10. Uh, Dorian, do you have any experience with Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation or 3, or do you just want to bitch about Ubisoft for a little bit? Either way, I'm happy. Now, I've actually always disliked uh, Assassin's Creed. That's like one series that I've never liked. Uh, the first, I played the first one when it came out, and I hated it. I thought, I, oh, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was very overrated and mid. And yep. the second one, I, I tried to play it, and I wasn't a big fan of it at the time. So I mm-hmm. never really went back. Uh, I've considered going back for some of the new ones, but who knows? I, like, there's literally no video games on my list, and I'm loving Final Fantasy 15. So Assassin's Creed is, like, way, 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 way far from my mind. Uh, really, anything Ubisoft-related, so, yeah. You know, the weird thing is that I feel like if you tried Assassin's Creed 2, knowing where you are now, where you enjoy yourself a story, you enjoy yourself some characters over the gameplay, I feel like you would end up liking it, which is... Well, I might. Shout out to Sugar Shane, because he sent me that uh, PS4 copy of it remastered, and was like, you have to play this oh. at some point, so I have it. Might happen at like some point. 40 years ago. I forgot that that happened. Yep. Um, so that might happen at some point. I, I really should, to at least, you know, when people send me something... Uh, I have the, I have the, I want to try it at least, uh, which Siege is coming, I promise, Siege is coming, but yeah, I want to at oh least try God. it, so. It is an obligation, <laughs> yes, I agree. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the, any Your copy of Overwatch is in the mail, by the way. I, you, <laughs> you know that there is a clip that I recorded, like, months ago of me taking a golf club to a copy of The Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> and what's going to happen is that when we do the hate cast, that's going to be the intro to however many parts we have. So, like, that clip exists. I will do it again. And if it's Overwatch, then so be it. I'll have to do it. Maybe I'll play uh, one okay. game, and then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll take a golf club to it. Yeah, then you got a golf club. It. It's a respect, right? You got, you got to do the at least one game, the, and then, then you golf club it. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation another score, which is um, uh, Abbey-worthy out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it some, uh, oh, fuck, keep on the same trend. Ubisoft should get some bitches uh, out of 10. No, the problem is, is that they did have bitches and, uh... Yeah, okay, well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, maybe they're the exception. <laughs> maybe if they didn't have bitches, the games would be good again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, no, they can have bitches. Don't, don't abuse, abuse the bitches. Yeah, you gotta take care of your hoes, gentlemen. 
Okay, okay you, you're right. Sorry, sorry. We You went too cold. I went too hot. We need to get Goldilocks just saying this is the just the right amount of women. Yes. Take care of your women. Thank you. Okay, right. next. Next, carry on, please. Uh, Apollo 13. Uh, look... <sighs> Okay, so let me let me pre- preface this by, I did a poll for which movie I was going to watch next, and this lost barely lost out to uh, In the Mood for Love, and I kind of wish it didn't because I, I kind of think I'm in the mood for that movie and I probably would have enjoyed that more, but we'll get to that one eventually. Uh, Apollo 13, it was fine, honestly, like it wasn't bad, but I just don't think it's aged that particularly well, in my opinion. Tom Hanks is fun here; he's good. The performances are solid. It just feels really by the numbers. It's very safe. It's It checks every box you'd expect in a movie like this. And I'm going to introduce a new term to this, uh, to this, whatever, whatever you want to call this fucking shit show we do. And I think you might take some offense to it, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. Okay, I, I think I'm starting to get some Ed brain rot. And what, yes. what I mean by that, what, what I mean by that is the score for this movie was so unmemorable to me and I just yes. didn't care. Like there was just, there was some times where I was like, you know, if this music, if there was something to this, if, if, the, if this could have at least drawn me in, I would have been at least been entertained oh, by this. And it just didn't, it, there just was nothing there. So I'm getting some of that like, score music at fucking brain rot where I'm like, ah, this was just, mid, and I didn't like I'm, it. I'm supposed so, to be taking offense to hearing that I'm right. <laughs> nah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, it was fine. There was nothing bad about this movie. It was like, perfectly watchable. Would I ever watch it again? No, no, I wouldn't buy this for my collection. I wouldn't watch it again, but I just don't think it aged particularly well. But I guess for the time, it was probably better. So, Oh, boy, if you're falling into that valley of mid is unacceptable now. Oh, boy, is this show going to take a different direction later on? Uh, all I know is that from everything you said, sorry, Apollo 13. Sorry, Ron Howard. The only way that I acknowledge you is the first three seasons of Arrested Development. Get the fuck out of my sight. Unless I watch Solo, then maybe you're going to come back. But oh boy, Apollo 13, you're gone. You're gone. I don't even care about you. I'm never watching it. That was a that was a good indignation of me never watching it. Um, I'm actually surprised you've never seen that one. I figured you would have. But yeah. uh, You see, that was, for some reason, I was just never around the TV when TNT was just always showing it. Yeah. I don't know why. Is that, that, fair. <laughs> dude that really is one of those movies that just was always on tnt um but yeah apollo 13 um fuck off uh i'm a first man boy uh damien giselle damien giselle damien giselle out of 10 uh yeah it's a three out of five for me it's perfectly fine but it's just there uh let's continue on that kind of train although so I, I, I at least this one had was a bit more memorable to me let's talk let's talk about spring breakers uh oh um, boy yeah, let's let's talk Spring about Spring Breaker. Break. Literally, my here's my first note. If I had to hear James Franco say Spring Break one more time, I probably would have just killed myself. Um, <laughs> you know what though? I didn't hate this movie. Uh, it's it's different. Like I gotta what? give it some credit. It's I I've never really seen something like this. It's just. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with this movie. I, I don't know what the message was here, but I didn't hate it. And I mean, I don't I, like it. I don't I'm love so it right now. I'm yeah, so I don't. I, I, I get it. I, I, I see. That's the thing. I didn't like I, I this. It's very much on the meh scale for me, but I guess I'm slightly more positive on it than Apollo 13, because at least 
at least it was different. Like it wasn't by the numbers. So I, I, I don't know, man. James Franco was horrible here. He was annoying, but everything else was just so bizarre. The way this movie shot is just terrible, but it's, I don't know, man. That's a really hard fucking movie to explain. Uh, you want to try? Okay, no, hold on. Wait, wait, what am I doing? Explain this fucking movie. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go ahead and explain this. Um, who the fuck cares? Spoilers. If you really care about spoilers for Spring Breakers, God help you. I can't help you. Spring you need to find religion break. of some sort. Spring break. Um, these four girls are robbing a bank, and then I think they accidentally kill someone, but they yeah, rob restaurant. the bank. Oh, it was a restaurant. Okay, whoops. Uh, so even probably stupider. Uh, they robbed a restaurant for money so they can go on spring break. And then James Franco shows up and he's, I, I assume, some sort of gangster. Like, that's about it. Like, he, yeah. he, he may be a drug dealer. I don't know. Uh, but then he takes him under their wing and then they just do things. That's yeah, about it. That, that, that's that's it. They just... They literally just do kind of things. And then they kind of like weed out the girls one by one. They go home and it ends up with there being just two of them. And like then James Franco just fucking unceremoniously dies. Yes, we're spoiling it. Fuck off. Oh, he's nice. I need to remember that. <laughs> yeah, he just gets like they literally like they're, I guess they're doing like a final like heist or just planning to kill people. I don't know. They never really explain. And they just walk up with guns and like James Franco gets popped right away. He's dead. But then these two girls in bikinis and like fucking ski mask they're just shooting everyone up and killing everyone and yeah. it just kind of ends there i'm like what the fuck did i just watch like i don't i really don't understand what the message of this movie was supposed to be or if you just wanted to like look at cute girls in bikinis maybe that was it i don't know no, but, no the message is is that every disney star needs a moment where they're like look i'm not a girl i'm a woman and i do sex <laughs> and so you know this was that for Vanessa Hudgens and the other one, the the one that has looked like a teenager for the last forty years, um, whatever. Y you just look her up because my Demi Lovato. No, that's not Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato is the one who lost her mind. Um, oh my God, Wizards of Waverly Place. Whatever that is, I'm not even gonna look up her name. Just uh, Ashley okay, Benson. Oh, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. There we go. There we go. Yeah, her. I, I, that's what maybe is. I don't know, man. Uh, but either way, this movie's like, I want you to know that between this one and Apollo 13, you're having a lot of my takes right now, which is, wow, this movie was really weird and it was probably bad, but at least I wasn't bored. So, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I'm a little terrified right now. Yeah. Like I under, like I, I, like, the, like my, like I'm looking at Letterboxd of right now and, and, he, and, and people that I follow, we've got two stars, four stars, one stars, three stars, one stars. It's like, yeah, it's all over the place. And I get it. Like, I, I completely understand that because I don't know what to expect with this movie because it's just so there's nothing like it that I've seen in a while. It's just bizarre and, and weird. And I guess that director, uh, Harmony Corrin, Corrin, whatever, I guess he makes a lot of kind of weird out there shit. I've heard of Gummo before. I've never actually seen it, but it is one I want to check out at some point. So. I, I might watch that and just kind of actually I'm gonna add it to my watch list right now because I've heard it's different enough. But of course, okay. it's not streaming anywhere. Oh boy! But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll check that out at some point. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Whatever. Three out of five. I I've spent too much time on. Spring Spring so, um yeah. yeah you know what uh I, I don't even remember if i talked about what I, my experience with this movie was okay you know whatever we're just gonna do that anyways if i did then i'll cut this out uh yeah, no, go on. break yeah this is a movie that i was like oh man this is this got indie cranes like i watched this contemporary like i think so 
I just remember watching this and just being like, "Ooh, they have a hot girl. I like hot girl." And but the thing is, is like I think around this time I'd watched something like Silence of the Lambs, so it's like okay, I still have taste, but also unga booga, right? So I'm just watching this and I'm like, "What is going on? There's nothing going on." And then when you get to like the last twenty minutes and it just becomes like. It's like if you gave a music video Valium when you just have James Franco over and over again going spring break and the camera just starts swooping across and it just starts showing things as slow as possible. It's just like, why do you pace like a Western right now? Like this is the slowest shit that I've ever seen. And it's just spring break. Look at all my shit. I got all this shit. And it's like, man, no wonder James Franco got pinched for Me Too. Like, 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 of course, of course, if you were perfect as this guy, like, of course you were. So, like, like I hate this movie. I hate this movie because it just felt like <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. This actually no, literally doesn't. feels like a waste of time. No, like, it, even, it really is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if I watched it now, there might be enough visuals for me to get through. But back then, I wasn't having it. And I'm pretty sure at this point, I don't want to watch it just to be like, why would you do this? But then again, now that I'm literally finishing that sentence, my brain goes, then again, I could watch it literally from just a standpoint of why are you doing this? So, you know what? I'm never going to watch it again. But if for some reason I walk into a room and somebody's always watching it and, you know, their pants are on, I might stick around to watch it. I feel like I need to add that last caveat because, you know, that's totally a possible thing that could happen if somebody's watching Spring Break. So I'm um, go ahead and give a spring break. Oh, go for it. Go for it. No, I, I was just going to say, I literally wouldn't watch it with them, but I would stand like just out of the door frame so they oh. could hear and just be like, spring break. And just add a few every now and then. So they don't know like which is coming from the movie and which is from me. <laughs> I love the idea that like you go into someone's ceiling, right? And they have a surround sound system. And you, Atmos, there, baby. Are, you there are manually in the ceiling, giving them Atmos going, Break. and like that's the only time that atmos kicks in spring break and they're just like oh shit what yeah damn my speakers are kicking it up there wow this is a great audio mix <laughs> oh fuck me yeah give me your rating Move on. why did we spend this much time on spring yeah break way too much on spring breakers <laughs> you know, i'm going next we need to wash off for a little bit okay hold on actually Pacific. i know i, no, I, go I gotta do I got to do one more because I actually just thought of a bundle and I need to bundle oh. these together because this is going to make sense. So yes, let, let me do one it. more. Okay. Oh, so that was, so, okay. We started with, um, fuck. Oh my God. It feels like we've been talking about spring breakers for an hour. What did I just talk yes, about before that? Yes, it really that? has. Dude, it's like the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's a time warp. What, what did I literally just talk about before that? Fucking. Uh, it was spring break. What else were we talking about besides spring break? I, I literally just talked about another. Oh, Apollo 13. Okay. So. Paul 13, Spring Breakers, and now I'm going to talk about The Babysitter and complete my mid-trilogy. Middle G, mid-G, we'll call it. Um, Yes, mid-G. The mid-G. And and it's actually good that I saved this for last, because this is actually my favorite out of the three. And I'll get into that. Um, Because Ed's about to have an aneurysm in, in, we'll say, two minutes. So get ready. If you you have your volumes up, maybe turn them down. We might get screaming Ed, or we might get gun-loading Ed. We'll see. Anyways, uh, when I get to that point. Uh, <laughs> the babysitter. So first of all, this movie's not good. It, it's not, and it's not trying to be good. Like the, the moment you turn this on, this feels like a budget TV movie. It's Netflix. Like when they're not, they're certainly the bar of quality at Netflix was long gone by this point. Talked about that earlier. In Bojack. Um, look, there's a couple things this movie has going for it. One, Samara Weaving is really fucking hot. 
like just point blank she is so fucking hot and and i actually think she's hotter than uh margot robbie is she well, as good an actress we all have reasons no. for that like we like we have inside joke reasons for that yes yes <laughs> which yeah we won't get into but she's great okay no i'm gonna compare this movie <laughs> to ready or not which if you remember the episode <sighs> we'll go back to this episode all right I did not like Ready or Not because I felt okay. The, first of all, the, the concept was absolutely fucking ridiculous, and I and I hated the concept of that movie. But it felt like they were trying to present the movie seriously to me. Like they're like, "Hey, we're making a fun, good action movie here with lots of cool deaths and shit like that. Like you should take this seriously and enjoy it." And I didn't enjoy it because I I just felt like they were trying too hard. This movie, on the other hand, they're just like, no, this movie sucks. Like, literally, like, three minutes into the movie, we've got these weird cuts of this, like, black kid dancing around doing uh, crotch chops for some reason, completely randomly. And, like, he just constantly does this throughout the movie. He just randomly appears, bullies the kid, and then does these weird fucking dances with this horrible music and cinematography. This movie's not trying to be good. But there were some fun deaths. I had a good time with it. It was fun. Would I ever watch it again? No, absolutely not. But for what was there, it was enjoyable. All right. You know what? I'm putting this thing back up. I could have sworn that when you said that this was going to be, you know, like worthy, like it's like, okay, well, I thought we were going to get some spice, but apparently not. You you disappoint (laughs) me. Uh, Probably like this movie would disappoint me. So I'm very sad. Uh, Points are taken (laughs) off and I'll see you uh, after class. All right. Um, Anyways, um, my argument against the babysitter is, this was directed by Mick G, therefore <laughs> invalid. There we go. We're done. Like, that's it. Do I need to say anything else? Um, also, it's a Netflix movie. Um, also, there's a sequel on Netflix as well. So there we go. We're done. I don't think there's anything else I need to say. I, I'm going to, like, okay, can you, like, is there a background to Mick G? Like, what do you mean? Like, what, like, where, like, where did this man pop up from? Yeah, like, I don't under, like, I've, I've definitely, like, I've never seen any of his other movies. So, like, I don't. I have. Uh, okay, like Angels is he, movies, it's like, whoa, this is this is definitely a thing. Is he just like, just just like, first of all, why is he called Big G? Uh, yeah, that's and, a good question. And like, it, I guess he's just known for making really shit movies that aren't good. Like, is that is that what we're doing here? All right, uh, uh, Joseph McGinty Nicole, um, born August 9th, nineteen sixty eight, known professionally as Mick G, is an American director, producer, and former record producer. He, ben, oh, okay. he began his career in the music th- industry, directing music videos and oh, producing okay. various albums. Uh, that actually he, makes a lot of sense. Okay, so in other words, Mick G might just be a carryover from his uh, music video days. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the two movies of his that I've watched were the Charlie's Angels movies. And just remembering them, that was definitely Young Ooga Booga. Um, so, <laughs> although, although it does have our lovely boy in that movie and that just always reminds me that maybe i should watch it again do you remember who is in charlie's angels full throttle no i haven't seen it who's in it justin thoreau oh justin thoreau's in it good our boy is in that movie and he is the most irish motherfucker you oh he plays yeah he he plays same as same as o'grady same as yes Uh, i can't even remember there's a there's a certain line where whenever they're in the warehouse and then you hear oh you hear him and then you hear the music bah, bah, 
Those notes are ingrained in my fucking brain. There's no reason that Charlie's Angels Full Throttle needed such a ridiculous music sting with him walking in. And I think he even says something like, I you thought I'd get away with it with David Jen. It's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Yeah, they're always after me lucky charms. All I know is that I hate that you've done this, but now you've convinced me through talking about the babysitter that maybe I should watch Charlie's Angels full throttle again because I Dude, the fucking cast in this movie. Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Demi Moore, Bernie Mac, Justin Thoreau, Crispin Glover, Shia LaBeouf, Luke Wilson, Matt LeBank, John fucking Cleats. They get so many people in this. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand what the fuck that movie was, but it's like, man, you guys got a lot of people. Why is Shia LaBeouf here? Why what? Wait, Bruce. Well, Willis he's an here? actual human cannibal, so they probably just paid him in some meat. And to... <laughs> wait, wait, Sh- no way! Is Shia LaBeouf one too? Yeah, you know he's an actual human cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. God damn it! Well, actually, I don't really care about Shia LaBeouf, so it's not like I feel really bad. But damn it! Wait, why am I still saying damn it? I don't care. Oh, yeah. Whatever, you know. No, he actually caught me in the woods once and uh, tried to eat my arm. I barely got away. Uh, it was a very scary experience, but yeah. Uh, um, do you have any way that I can set him up for a meeting? No. Um, understandable. Please, everyone, forget that I asked that. Um, yeah. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. I'm gonna go ahead and give that a. I need to watch that again because I remember <laughs> the ending of the movie where Demi Moore and Cameron Diaz are driving a, a very nice Cobra at the end, and they flip the car and it spins full on 360, and they're just like, "Whoa!" Out of ten. All right. We're talking the about babysitter. The babysitter cares. The, yeah, the babysitter is a three out of five. I'm done talking about mid movies. It's way too much time for those three movies. Move on. Go. You know. You know what? I, I usually mean to myself, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say okay. I feel like this episode's been a good one so far. Um, <laughs> the next show that I was gonna go to, the Pacific. Um, I. I don't. Well, I thought we said we were that. stopping with the mid stuff, Ed. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just going kidding. to fucking strangle you. I'm going to get the Japanese to brutalize you. Open up your goddamn head and use it as a soup bowl, okay? Because that's what I saw in the Pacific. Okay, I saw one of those Japs over there, head cracked off, brain soup. Okay blood in there and they're just throwing little rocks in there okay the show's fucking brutal all right moving on um the pacific um last episode i talked about it. it's like oh man all right this is a little bit of an iffy show but i still like it the last two episodes i then watched it right after the recording and those two episodes are very 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 good um they actually brought it all together to make me very happy with the show it still pales in comparison to band of brothers but these are still good two shows that you can back to back so the pacific totally worthwhile absolutely the last two episodes they took it up another level where those two episodes did feel like you can probably fit those in band of brothers and it wouldn't feel out of place but yeah the pacific it has its flaws, but it's damn good. So the Pacific is going to be recommendation out of 10. Uh, Pacific is, yeah, that's on my list. Uh, I, I mean, assuming I like Band of Brothers, which if I don't, God help you me, because everyone loves that. But, I actually uh, yeah. think that if you don't like Band of Brothers, I might have to bomb all of Canada. <laughs> well, then in that case, Band of out. Brothers, more like mid of Brothers. I, um, you know what? I'm going to get that. I'm going to get those actual soldiers to show up at your house. Even if I have to move their coffins into your doorstep, I will do this. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm almost done uh, Twin Peaks. Once I'm done Twin Peaks, Band of Brothers is absolutely next. 
after Band of Brothers, I'm going back to Ozark because the final season of that just dropped. Then I'm probably doing Doctor Who because I said I was going to catch up on that. And then maybe after that, I'll look at the Pacific. So it'll be a while away, but I'll get to it. All right, perfect. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the Pacific a score of mid-peaks out of 10. Cool. It's a... Wow, you just uh, said cool. Okay, we're, okay perfect. We're, we have it settled. Uh, Twin Peaks is mid. C- carry on. Oh, it was, a, it was a Twin Peaks show. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. I just realized that. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, no, fucking, I'm going to give it a, uh, fucking, uh, the, uh, the midget dancing around from, oh, fuck, I can't say midget, little person dancing around from, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, clapping his hands, and he's probably laughing that people died in the Pacific. Oh, God, that's terrible out of 10. That's a winner right there. Yeah, just cut that out. <laughs> no, 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 I, look, I'm cutting the midget part, I'm going <laughs> to, oh, yeah, cut the, cut the, cut the midget part, oh, fuck, now we're saying, okay, now we're saying, right. okay, you know what, now we're saying again, I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut that other part, I'm going to cut yes. that other part, but the, the, right, the score, the source stays, yeah, fine, let's keep the score, I don't give a shit, whatever, cancel me, fucking get me off this earth, uh, let's, let's just go right into I don't into think shit. that's how cancelling works, you still live after, well, no, I'm, I'll, phone. just fucking literally cancel my life, it's not just the fucking profession, if you're going to cancel me, go all the fucking way, <laughs> The problem is, is that every time that we log into the account, we have to actually do it through like like customer service. So like we don't ever want to do it. Yeah, true. All right. Um, fuck dreams. I'm gonna talk about dreams. Let's get this out okay. of the way. Right. Uh, so yeah, I uh, the Passive Pixel. Shout out to the Passive Pixel Discord. It has a movie club set up by Edwin. Uh, yes, and every week they or two weeks, some something like that, they vote on a movie. Uh, I'm a little bitch, so I'm protesting and I'm doing it late because I'm a little bitch. All right, uh, I, some, I, I'm gonna slide you the twenty. Thank you for the advertisement. You're, you're welcome. So I watch Dreams. This is like one from like two ago, but like the new one's Wes Anderson. I'm not gonna watch that. Long story. Anyways, um, <laughs> look, <Long> story. <laughs> look. So this is by Akira Akurasa, who's just one of the most acclaimed directors of all time. Like. The man has so many fantastic movies in his library. I've only seen one of them, unfortunately, which was Ran, which was incredible, which Edwin actually gifted me. So thank you for him or else I probably would have never watched that. And a gorgeous oh God, steelbook. That. Ew, that was disgusting. I regret that. <laughs> well, there's another movie, too, you gifted me that we'll talk about later. Um, oh, that's a good one, though. So, so no, twice. no, no, that's the wrong joke. That's the wrong joke. Both of them are fucking good. Ah, I just want to be mean and say I don't want to be nice to you. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, unfortunately, dreams just didn't hit for me. Uh, it's actually well made and absolutely beautiful. Like if you're into, so I actually was thinking about this and how you describe paprika to me almost feels like what you're getting out of dreams somewhat it's visually like maybe not as wild visually like i can't say it's as crazy because that's obviously animation and i haven't seen paprika so this is just kind of my head thought on this but visually this movie is stunning and there's so many like the movie is all about akira akira kurosawa's dreams so you're getting so much crazy imagery out of this and just really beautiful beautiful stuff but because it's about his dreams, the stories you're getting are kind of nonsense. And some people might appreciate that. It's anthology, by the way. There's a bunch of different stories. So mm. some of them, so some people might appreciate that. But for me, man, literally every single one of the stories, but one of them, which is called The Tunnel, that's the only one that hit for me. Every single other story was like, yeah, this is really pretty. But I don't care about much else that's going on. And because of that, I just, I, I just didn't enjoy my time with it. I think I don't hate it. I, and I totally get why people could watch this and have like a really goddamn good experience with it. But yeah, just not for me. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and count it up. All right. You didn't care for it. Akira Kurosawa, uh, anthology, uh, comparisons to paprika sold 
We're done. Sorry, Twin Peaks. You're gonna go in the back seat again because I don't oh, want to. It's free on YouTube, baby. Let's fucking go. Um, no, no, I'm not gonna watch that. I take it back. I love it. It's a ten out of ten. Fuck, the movie's garbage. It's <laughs> deadly. Um, no, no, no. I'm not going to watch this today because you know, like you should though. Honestly, I think you you'll like this way more than I did. It's this is. I think this is your shit. Trust me, everything you said lets me know that I'm still in for this. But it's like, yeah. But it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look, my focus is slowly coming back. This one might be the one that kickstarts me back up, and it sounds right. But, yeah, Twin Peaks is still the plan unless I end up putting BoJack Horseman because I don't feel like paying attention. So, uh, yeah, look, 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 that's a compliment, okay? Twin Peaks, I feel like it deserves my attention. I'm not going to watch it unless I can't focus, all right? So, um, Dreams. Oh boy, I want to watch this sooner out of 10. It's a 5 out of 10. 2.5 out of 5 for me. Uh, how many do you have left? I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 7? Okay, I've got 11. So we're actually almost caught up. So you know what? Oh boy. Let me do a 3 block. Let me do behind okay. a 3 block. We'll get that big one out of the way, the big juicy boy. Um, we and then we're going to be close to caught up. What's that? I said if we hit 2 hours and a half. Yeah, we could. So here we go. Uh, so this is the, oh my god, 2019 was a bloodbath block. Uh, so we've got Knives Out. Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood, and Parasite. So, uh, all three of these were 4K collection watches for me. Sadly, none of these I have the steelbook for. I would like the steelbook for all these fucking movies, but I have it for none of them. Um, and yeah, so just these were all rewatches for me. Uh, I think, yeah, all these were second time watches to it. Only seen them once before. So, we'll start with Knives Out because that's the one I watch first. Uh, Knives Out, yeah, holds up very well. I don't, so I didn't dislike this movie anymore after watching it i liked it exactly the same to be honest with you so it stayed rock solid in my rankings which i'll talk about in a second mm-hmm. um but i don't think it's quite as infinitely rewatchable as i thought it might be um especially compared to these other movies but i mean that's fine it's a murder mystery i don't know if it really should be infinitely rewatchable or needs to be uh, i would definitely watch it again though like it, but with distance really great movie though uh daniel craig is fantastic uh he shows like i mean he just he is such yeah his accent's so good and i really like i don't want to say he's underrated because he's not because everybody knows who he is from bond but i think his actual acting talent is either underrated or underappreciated because between this and logan lucky which he's fucking hysterical in logan lucky uh he's just a really great actor and he's great here too so shout out to daniel craig um, this type of movie, man, like not to, oh God, I got to bring up fucking last Jedi again, but <laughs> this is the type of movie that Rian Johnson should be doing. Bless his soul. Because this movie and brick <laughs> brick is another like kind of low budget detective movie of his, like a lot lower budget than this even, but with uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, he did this like, I think closer at the beginning of his career. Like these are the type of things I want to see from Rian Johnson. Cause he's such a smart and funny writer when he, when he does stuff like this and uh, yeah, just a great movie. Um, and because I'm talking about the 2019 theme here, like I love this movie. I think this movie is great. And in like almost any other year, this is easily a top 10 movie for me. Like this movie is so goddamn good, but because we're in the bloodbath of 2019, this fucking movie is like 14th in my list. And like, it's behind, like, let me bring it up. I actually should have the list open, but like, mm-hmm. if you hear what it's behind, you'll understand like a couple of these movies and I'll talk about the other ones obviously after, but like it's behind Ad Astra. It's behind the sound of metal. It's behind the Irishman. 
like, I'm sorry. It's it, I love Knives Out. It's great, but it's not better than any of those movies. And it's tough. So really great stuff. Rock solid movie. But yeah, I liked it. But go ahead. You got to stop making me happy, okay? You're over here and you put Ad Astra. Like, come on, that's just... Oh boy, I actually gave a genuine smile for a little bit, but... Uh... Well, Ad Astra was great, man. I love that movie. Uh, but again, it, it's like... like I mean, not to, not to take your smile away, but it's, 11, it's 11th for me. And like, I, I love Ad Astra. Again, most years, that would be top 10, but fucking Christ, 2019. I know. So, um... I love that Daniel Craig sounds like Foghorn Leghorn most of this movie. He just sounds like he's got molasses in the back of his teeth and he can't take it out. I fucking love his performance. I fucking love it. I love it. Every single time that he opens up his mouth, I love it. This man is the worst detective of all fucking time. Martha over there is like getting murdered and he's just over here singing on his iPod inside the car. Incredible shit. I love this man. Uh, Knives Out 2, please don't have the Netflix stink on it because if you just keep going, giving me more movies of this incredibly southern gentleman bubbling through his job, I'm in. I'll This movie's great. This is I, I don't know what else to say. It's just like, you go in, uh, I love that you said Rian Johnson. The problem is, is that I know you don't like The Last Jedi, so I was going to correct you on his name, but then again, you don't like him, so who cares? So yeah, Rian Johnson. Uh, Rian Johnson, the man enjoys not following the rules. The thing is that Star Wars is all about the rules. It's all about the formula. And if you try to change it, people are going to get a little bit angry. So um, him not following the rules for a murder mystery, great job there. So yeah, Knives Out, very, very good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a uh, throwing up because he can't lie out of 10. Yes, <laughs> good old uh, Anna, Anna, uh, fuck, why can't I think Anna of Anna Anna Darmus, thank you. Yeah, she's <sighs> okay, no, too. hold on, hold on, hold on. Bonk. Bonk bonk. Bonk bonk bonk. Bonk bonk bonk. Bonk bonk bonk. Bonk 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 bonk. I and I want that to happen for like three more minutes, at least in your head. Bonk out of ten. Uh yeah, eight out of ten. Fantastic movie, really great stuff. Um so next up is Once Upon a Time, dot 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 in Hollywood. So this one's interesting. So first of all, let's get it out of the way. I had this movie, you know, not last in my Tarantino rankings, but it was like second to last, third to last, which is not an insult to this movie. I swear to God. But again, we kind of have the problem with Tarantino where I find all of his shit is incredible. So something's got to be near the bottom. So this is my second watch of it. Um, it went up a little bit, uh, not crazy amount, but it definitely, my appreciation definitely did go up for it a little bit. Uh, I actually moved it, bumped it ahead of the hateful eight for now, which I'll rewatch hateful eight eventually here and see if that holds. But it's ahead of Hateful Eight. It's still outside of the top five Tarantino for me. But I mean, I, I'm just so locked in on some of those movies. And those are like some of my favorite movies of all time. I, I don't know if it's going to touch those. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, really great stuff here. You've said it many times before, but this is a litmus test basically of how do you feel about Tarantino dialogue? Do you love it? Yeah, you're, you're probably going to love this movie. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not really into it? Good luck. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Because, if you because, care about the plot so much in yeah. other Tarantino movies, this movie's gonna do nothing for you to be like, oh my god, nothing fucking happens, and then finally something happens, and like yeah. that's pretty much it. But if you are all in on Tarantino's dialogue, who boy does this baby love you so much? Correct. Like ninety five percent of this damn movie, there's really not much of a plot here. We're just we're hanging out with these characters. We're doing some good dialogue. We're getting some cool scenes. Some really good acting from Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone involved here um until the end and 
I mean, the ending to this movie is still maybe not only one of my favorite endings in just a Tarantino movie in general, but maybe one of my favorite endings just fucking period, like of all time. Like it's so fun and it's just so ridiculous and it just, it really does come out of nowhere and it's just, it's perfect. Like they just, it's literally a perfect ending and they absolutely nailed that. And it definitely elevates this movie in general. So it's a, it's a fantastic movie. And again, so again, I have lots of praise to say about this movie, but because we're in the year of hell of 20 fucking 19, heaven, heaven. Yeah. it, It is heaven. This movie is eighth on my list. Eighth. I can't even put this movie in my top five, but there's so much incredible stuff. So I'll talk about one after this, and then I'm going to just say my top 10 because I've been talking so much about 2019. But this, again, fantastic movie. Love it to pieces. Uh, Tarantino, give me more soon. I, I want your, hopefully not your last movie, but probably your last movie. It's okay. I think I was talking to my godfather like a couple of days ago. Um, he's been listening to some podcast that I think that Tarantino is on and Tarantino apparently has expressed that even though he'll do another movie, he sounds like he might go into TV, which can you fucking imagine Tarantino just going off and being like, yeah, I'm going to do a mini series. I got it. Give him a HBO needs to hand him a fucking blank check. Like, I will literally. hand this man a check. I will hand this man a check. If I can get a cut of whatever he's doing, I will hand him every single dollar. I'll be homeless for like an entire year. And then hopefully I get receipts back from whatever he does. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like an eight episode limited fucking series from Tarantino, about whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. It, right in my, here's my veins inject. <sighs> Anyways, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, but I, I feel bad for anyone who maybe has like, um, uh, cut gapless uh, for podcasts or else that little pause isn't there either way there was a pause there uh, <laughs> god no no that's the thing it happened to me i think i was listening to sacred symbols and they had a pregnant pause and they're like we're gonna do a pregnant pause okay we're gonna keep talking and i was like <laughs> you're not tricking me <laughs> no, you bastards <laughs> <laughs> well anyways by the way if you're using a podcast app and it lets you cut gaps out do it it's very good i edit basically so you don't have to have it on but you know do it anyways um so uh once upon a time in Hollywood, that's just a damn good movie. Like, there's everything that he said is true. Do you really need to know about what this movie is? No. Do you like Tarantino's writing? Yes. Go ahead and watch it. That's all you need to know. Um, Tarantino, this is the most Tarantino-ass movie ever. Like, Tarantino just does everything he wants in this movie. And it depends. Do you like Tarantino? Yes then you're in like if you like the way that he writes just dialogue you're in uh i'm gonna go ahead and just go to the score because anything i say would be spinning wheels about how much i like it the score is going to be uh what a picture out of 10 yeah that happens early on too i love that moment it's good Mm -hmm. i i i'm very stuck in my scorsese five out of fives but if it wasn't that it'd probably be that plus i think moki copyrighted that so that's his thing now to be um, fair, the one that I like is um it was the, 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 the five out Keanu, of five. right? Yeah, Keanu yeah, just yeah. sitting down and, and John Wick is like, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Mine is, yeah, I'm thinking that's Keto. Yeah. Like yeah, almost uh, a that... bit of an aggression to it. I like it. <laughs> uh, that's a good one too. I like those. <laughs> so many so many good choices. Uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an eight out of ten. Again, really fantastic movie. Like it a lot. So. I need to watch a good movie again so I can use that picture. It's been a while. Right, right. Maybe maybe dreams. Maybe it'll be dreams mm-hmm. for you. 
and then oh, I'll just oh, be, that'll be another fun addy take. Got it. Uh, okay. So finally, we're going to talk about Parasite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, mm, mm, I love this movie even more the second time through. This is just genuinely a, as close to a perfect movie as you can get in a lot of ways for me. I I just absolutely adore this movie. I I understand it's been overhyped a lot. Do I think like it's number one on the letterbox top 250 of all time. Do I think this is the best movie of all time? God, no, no, I do not. It's not my number one. It's in my top 50 though. I'll tell you that much, but it's not my number one movie of all time, but good God, is it a good movie? It's so smart. It's so well made. All of the performances are just fantastic. It's beautifully shot. The tension is great. Wondering where things are going. And then just the genuinely sad ending that, like, I won't spoil it, but, like, what happens is so well made. I don't know, man. I fucking think this movie is a goddamn masterpiece. And all of that fucking being said, it's still number five on my list for 2019. Because goddamn 2019. So I'm just going to run through this real quick at the end here, and then you can give your thoughts on Parasite. But 2019 for me, top 10, Sound of Metal, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Parasite, Joker, Waves, the lighthouse and uncut gems i mean for fuck's sakes man there's so much good stuff in 2019 i don't know if we'll have a year like that in cinema for a long time so i love parasite but the fact that i can only put it fifth just shows how much incredible stuff there was for me and obviously tastes are going to be different fucking i i already know people are gonna be like joker i get it i i fucking get it but I fucking love that movie. Even same with Waves. I'm sure some people don't feel Waves on that same wavelength. Get it? Wavelength. Oh, but Waves. Oh. <laughs> but Waves made me fucking cry. So you can go fuck yourself. <sighs> okay. Let's get this out of the way. Fuck your entire list. 1917 isn't on there. I might even just edit you saying 1917 and put it on the list and put it as number zero. I don't fucking it's know my, how I'm going to do it. What? It's in my top 20, if that makes you feel better. No, that doesn't. No, that doesn't. The, it's literally in the title. 19, 17. Either one of those numbers, smaller than 20, and you still couldn't fit it. I hate you, and I hope you die, okay? Um, now that I'm done with my tantrum, I decided to pull up uh, my 2019 list. And out of all the movies that I looked at, right, uh, 2019 gave me three movies that I absolutely fucking adore. Now... The way that I rank uh, letterbox movies is three tiers, all right? Either I watched it, and that's it. That's it. Fuck you, movie. I watched you. That's as much as I'm going to say because I don't want to be mean most of the time. Uh, after that, it's a heart, which is, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm positive on that. I didn't regret watching that. And then there's five-star hearts. Yeah, I'm thinking that's Kino. And this is the shit that I fucking love. This is like automatically, I love this, and I don't see myself not loving it if I were to ever watch it again. Now, those three movies are 1917, Ad Astra, and Midsummer. Oh boy, 2019 was a good fucking year. Parasite is on there as well, I guess. Um, Parasite, you know what? Maybe I am racist. Maybe the Koreans, maybe I just don't like Koreans. I don't know. 
you know, they're, they're the way they look at me sometimes. I don't know how I feel about that, okay? Is the title of this episode going to be Maybe I'm Racist? <laughs> Maybe racist. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them Koreans, okay? North oh, and South, God. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I need to break the joke because before I... Yeah. Um, Parasite, the the Handmaiden. Um, what else did I watch that was Korean not long ago? Oh, oh the good, the, the bad, and the weird. Oh yeah, which you'll talk about. Uh, yeah. Um, out of all these, yeah, you're a movie. You're competent. That's about it. I I don't know. They just they just, they they don't really do anything for me. Like Parasite, I was just like, yeah, that was a good movie. That's that. It. I like the twist. That was fun. I like the ending. Well, actually, I don't even really like the ending. Like the it, it the movie ends and then it keeps going on for like another ten minutes. Like that was kind of unnecessary. And yeah, the, the par- parasite's good, but like, I I don't know. It just I was oh I still <laughs> this movie to me smells of affirmative action Korean addiction. Um, that's as mean as I can get to this movie, and I promise not to be that mean to it again. Uh, because Parasite is a very good movie. It is very confident. It's just like it is something that's like I feel like I can appreciate this from the outside and then just not really love it. So, yeah, Parasite, good movie. Uh, I apologize to all the Koreans. I probably love you as a people, but you know, can we get something that maybe speaks? No, what am I talking about? Just, just keep making your movies, and then eventually, maybe we'll see if I like you more at a time. Parasite's a five out of five for me. Cinema at its finest, and just, just for uh, recollection, like because you were talking about your rating system, uh, one through five for me of my top ten I just gave those were all five out of fives for me. So that's how much I enjoyed it. Ah, also, yeah, shout out to uh, Midsummer as well. Fucking Midsummer's thirteenth for me. I, I fucking Fuck love the movie. You, I think it's fucking man. great. But it's just there's there's so many. But I will say I will say this with Midsummer, I've only seen Midsummer once, so it's very much one I want to rewatch. The 4Ks unfortunately are outrageously expensive for this one. I think you have to get it like directly from A24. Yes. So I don't know when I'm gonna watch it again. Maybe I'll just like fucking bite the bullet and rewatch it on Netflix at some point. No um, director's cut, man. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I want to see the director's cut. I just I'm not willing to pay that. Like I don't like it enough for that. But if I buy it again, I might. You know, it's that kind of fucking that loop. Yeah, so you're maybe, in that in between. Yeah, I'm in that in between. So maybe there'll be a sale on a one day or something. Or I can find a cheap copy on eBay. Who knows? But. Uh, yeah, great movie too. So I just mean yeah. 2019, ridiculous. That was my point I wanted to make. That is it. That is the 2019 holy fuck block. Yeah, but seriously, man, Midsummer. Like I've never watched the theatrical cut on that one, and like I don't need to. That's just that is like bordering right on the edge of me wanting to call it an uh, a horror epic. But you know, like we're we're not there yet. Something if there would have been a little bit more to that movie, I would have been happy giving it that title. Anyways, Fair. Midsummer, very fucking good. Um, fuck you again for no 1917 on the top 10. I like um, it. I like 1917 no, no, I more hate than... You. I hate you. I like it more than the fucking guys you're going to get on the spoiler cast for. I mean, well, yeah, that's because I hate myself. Like, that's different. Like, <laughs> like you, look, look, they have very strong opinions about the movie, and I need to either fight or die. It's going to be one of those, okay? <laughs> well, it'll be a fun time. All right. Uh, the next movie, since... Uh, you know what? I already mentioned it. I was going to bring up The Shining next and just be like, man, let's get Whoa. some back-to-back bangers. But instead, I'm going to drop the good, the bad, and the weird here. Um, back right. to the list of um, the movies that we've been choosing for Movie Club. Uh, this was our most recent movie, Ryoichi. He's a good boy. Something needs to be done about that taste, though. Um, 
he <laughs> decided to recommend the good, the bad, and the weird. And, you know, there were minor complaints that the first two movies were a little bit too safe. You know, one was yeah. a Kurosawa movie, and I don't remember what the other one was. It probably... Kubrick. Oh, Kubrick. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, fair enough. Big God directors. bless Ryochi. Yeah, he was like, you know what? I'm going to swing for the fences. And now here's the thing. All right, there definitely is a punishment if you choose a bad movie. But, you know, the criteria isn't a bad movie. The criteria is waste of time. So, you know, different criteria there. Uh, the Frank Reich. Frank That would have been a waste of time. <laughs> um, that one that one would have failed third decree immediately. <laughs> By the way, I don't call it rules. I call them decrees because it's more fun to call them decrees. Uh, so, yeah, that would have been that beat the fuck up about third decree decree which decree the third decree is of course you know was the was it a waste of time so the good the bad and the weird was it a waste of time no was it something that i definitely wasn't in the mood for and i definitely wasn't interested in yes um i don't know man this was just fine i was like yeah this is entertaining there's definitely talent here the action is definitely fine Maybe the Koreans just don't know how to speak to me. There's like one really cool shot, though, that I need to mention that happens early on, which is the camera follows along the edge of the gun. And like you see it, this man falls backwards shooting. And so as he's falling backwards, the camera is following his gun as he fires above him. And it's like, ah, that's pretty fucking cool. And that's really much it. I don't know. The rest of this movie is like, yeah. Man, I really hope I'm not a racist. Out of ten. So, where do you stand on this one? Is this one that you're gonna catch in, in another two I'm weeks? I'm so sorry. I was taking a bite of a chocolate bar. That's Ooh, why there was the pregnant pause. That's fine. My um, my uh, shout out to my mom. You don't listen to this show. You're smart, but she went to Idaho. She went to Idaho, and she sent me this weird like Idaho Spud chocolate bar. It's actually pretty good. You see, my wife her mom learned German in Colombia, And so she has a bit of a connection to Germany. And I got some German chocolate out of her. Ooh, damn, oh. it's delicious. Yeah, German chocolate is delicious. So good. All right. Sorry, I just need to take a sip of water now. It's all chocolatey. Uh, good, bad, weird. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. Um, pretty soon, actually, probably. Because, I mean, I'm not in a huge rush. Because, like I said, I'm two weeks behind. And I will not watch Wes Anderson. Although I'm considering spite watching it just so I can say it's a waste of time. We'll see how far my spike takes me. Either way, good, the bad, the weird. It's actually on my watch list. It's on Amazon Prime, so I will watch it probably soonish. Uh, will I like it? Who the fuck knows? Ryochi has very strange taste, but God bless that boy anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty much the good, the bad, and the weird. <sighs> oh, no, I already gave my score, so yeah, that's pretty much solid. Um, <laughs> Moving on, I guess. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I'll do, I guess we'll just go back and forth now, because I think we're pretty much caught up. Um, Let's do... So let's talk about The Martian. Um, oh, you watched The Martian. Okay. I did. I watched The Martian. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I have. It's just like, mm. I, this is this feels like one of those movies that's like really good, but then it needs to be that extra level for me to remember that it exists. Yeah. See, actually, funny enough, we're going to agree again. Uh, it was Whoa. good. It was pretty, it Whoa. Was pretty good. Whoa. Hey, what the fuck is I going like on that. here? Yeah, I know, right? I like this movie, but it just, it was missing something. I don't know what it was missing, um, but it was good. Uh, Matt Damon, I mean, it's, the movie's basically just, hey, how charismatic can Matt Damon be? That's basically this movie. And he's yeah. very charismatic, and it's fun. Uh, you know, Matt, Matt Damon's like, let's science this bitch. I'm like, yee, let's science this bitch. Um, and, you know, you have a good time. Uh, 4K transfer is very nice. Very pretty movie in 4K. Obviously, space movies, 4K, you're going to get a good time with that. Um, 
definitely glad that I own it. I, I'd probably watch it again at some point. Um, not top tier Ridley by Ridley Scott by any means, by any means, but it's a serviceable movie. I didn't hate it. Um, and yeah, I just, I like, like you said, there's just some, a little something missing for me to kind of make it really memorable to me and be like, oh yeah, this movie's really great. I can recommend it to anyone. It's not quite there for me and I'm not even sure what's missing. Honestly, it's just, it, it's just, that's what I felt about the movie. It's fine. It's not a bad movie in any means. Um, and I just, I, one final note quickly on it, cause I don't have too much more to say, but, and then you can talk. I love the, the the difference between his role in this and his small role in interstellar where <laughs> it just like bizarro world versions of each other yeah. I feel yeah. in a way, you know, Matt Damon goes from like the most lovable like person in this movie who you want to succeed at all, see succeed at all costs to like, Oh my God, I want to punch you in the fucking face in interstellar. <laughs> and it's just so perfect. So I thought that was funny. Uh, so yeah, the Martian, it's a very good movie. Like that's about it. Like it, it just feels dependable, and it it feels so weird to be talking about this movie and feel like I sound negative when all I can really say about it is like, yeah, this is just fun. This is just a Matt Damon vehicle, and you're just like, yeah, do I just want to hang out with Matt Damon and see him sign some shit? Yeah, then sure, but. Out of there are so many fucking incredible movies out there. Like you, literally, like twenty nineteen exists. Like like you said, twenty nineteen exists. So it's like, why would I ever point someone to The Martian? There's nothing about that movie that exactly screams out, "You need to watch this now." It's more like we're we're back to it again. Like if you saw it on TNT and you didn't see a movie that you already loved on, like if for some reason IFC wasn't showing Pulp Fiction, but The Martian was on TNT. Yeah, sure, I'll watch it. But that that that's really it. It feels really I hate saying this because it makes it sound like it's a bad movie, but no, it's just very good. It's just like even unique isn't the right word because I mean the plot is kind of unique. Like it's a it's a dude who's stuck on Mars and he has to survive for an entire year. So it's like, yeah, that's pretty good, but you know what? Yeah, I'll chalk it up as how you said it. It's just missing something. Yep, and that's again, I'm with you there. It's not a knock against the movie. It's really good. I just don't think it's amazing. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, The Martian. I'm going to go ahead and give that a poop potatoes out of 10. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was the best like recurring bit in the movie, especially at yes. the end. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. spoil it, but there's a bit at the end that's pretty funny. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a uh, 7 out of 10 for me. Good movie. Solid. All right. Uh, how many do you have left? Mm, that's a good question. I have I have six. Oh boy, we're, I have six too. Wow, that's actually the first time that we, uh, yeah, whatever. We're moving on then, because we can get this under two and a half. Perfect. I'm gonna get my chicken nuggets. Um, the Shining. Who fucking? Oh boy. baby. Oh. oh. Ooh. I think we're gonna agree oh. again here. Ooh. Now, The Shining. I already thought this was a good movie. All right, mm. I watched this like maybe four years ago, and even then, when I felt like it's weird i i think that starting in like late 2018 i was already starting to get to a point where it was like yeah i know what what is a good movie like i feel like i could tell whenever there's something above the cut and the shining thankfully was within that cut if this wasn't me needing to watch it to verify if i was right um my wife she invited two friends over and they were going to watch the shining and then dr sleep 
Now, I don't remember what happened. I think we got dinner in between those two. And by the time that we were going to watch Dr. Sleep, I dipped because uh, the boys needed to play Siege. And you know that whenever the boys call for Siege, I need to show up as the captain. Um, anyways, watch The Shining, though. And fuck. Ooh, I... Even though I feel like I could detect what makes a good movie, I feel like nowadays I can usually detect that extra level, the cinematography, whatever the director's doing with the camera, right? The sound design. There's extra stuff that's within the craft work besides being able to look at the full picture that I feel like I'm good at pointing out what makes it special now. And The Shining was absolutely that. Kubrick's masterful, just, oh my god, it, like distant perfect to every shot that he has like if you just look at a supercut of the camera moving through the hallways that shit alone is masterclass. and now here we are just you get an entire fucking great horror classic out of it too come the fuck on like the shining is a goddamn masterpiece of a film and i just want to leave it there because there's there's so much more platitude that I can give this, but that's not what the movie needs. The movie needs you to watch it. That's it. Yeah. The Shining, that movie's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, there were movies that you kind of watch. I think you, you I think you just said this too. And I'm just going to expand on it a bit, but there are movies that, that I watch sometimes that I'm like, you're kind of like parse way through watching. Maybe, I don't know, you'll, you're about halfway. And you kind of get that little click in the back of your head. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm really watching like one of the best movies of that genre. Like this is just, this is just flawlessly executed. And if you want to talk about horror movies, The Shining is probably my favorite or second. No, no, no sorry. Hereditary is my favorite. But The Shining is probably my second favorite horror movie of all time. Like just full stop, bar none. Uh, I think it's basically a masterpiece. Uh, it's my favorite film from Kubrick, who I'm very glad I've been rewatching his stuff and watching more of his stuff because I have a lot more appreciation for Kubrick now than I ever did. Uh, even if I still don't like Clockwork Orange, uh, a lot of his other stuff has hit for me now. And again, Kubrick's one of those directors where everything he does is so fucking different. Like you look at a movie like The Shining and then you compare it to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like what the fuck? Those are so far and different from each other and completely different genres and movies. I don't know. It's incredible. So really great. And just a true, truly fantastic movie. I'm going to go ahead and get, wait, did I already give this my score or no? Uh, I don't think you did. No. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, my score for The Shining is going to be this movie's so fucking good that you think this man actually took us outer space and onto the moon out of 10. <laughs> That's a nine out of 10 for me. Again, like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Just phenomenal movie. Yeah, I'm thinking that's Kino. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, let's do House of Flying Daggers next. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So this is what a poot. Shout out to poot. Oh. Texas episode, the old Texas yeah, episode, the Matrix, the Matrix, lots of stuff with you guys. Um, he, this is one of his favorite movies of all time, as far as I know. Uh, and he's suggested this movie a lot to people. And I actually really wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even going to watch it because there was no way to watch it in Canada. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll watch it eventually. It's not really my type of thing normally either of those types of movies. But I had, uh, I got, it's a long story. In order to watch the Criterion channel, I got a Roku from a coworker for really, really cheap. 
And on the Roku, there's a thing called the Roku channel, which has a bunch of free movies and stuff like that with ads. But actually, it was even better than Tubi. There was like only two ads. The streaming quality was actually not bad. And House of Flying Daggers was on there. So I was like, you know what? Let's do one for Pooh. Let's watch this movie. Um, This movie, I didn't love it, but it was pretty good, honestly. It, the First of all, again, visually, this movie's stunning. And that's one of the things Poot was saying is that, man, he's just depressed that there's no 4K transfer for this because it would look incredible. And he's right. Like some of the, the shots in this, the cinematography, the visuals in general, it's crying out for a 4K. Like it is just a gorgeous looking film. Um, some of the action sequences are really good in this movie. Like top tier if you're into that kind of martial arts style stuff like that. You're going to love this. There's lots of good stuff here. Where it kind of drags down a bit for me was kind of just the story in general. Like, it's kind of hard to follow at points and a bit obtuse. And there's lots of switching sides going on and the characters aren't the strongest. So uh, it was it definitely like falls down a bit there for me. But overall, what was here, I definitely enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and the ending, although I think it's incredibly obvious where things are going and it goes it's well made and definitely well done. And I, I think it was ending on a nice note. So definitely enjoyed the movie a lot worth a watch. Um, I don't think you'll ever get a 4k transfer cause I don't think it's very popular. I really, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it elsewhere a lot, but yeah, it's good stuff. Dude, God bless the early 2010s for just going. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of wire foo and we're just going to have a whole bunch of Hong Kong actors and martial artists just showing up in movies. Cause why the fuck not? Uh, House of Daggers is right in there. I still want to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, there is so many movies in that early 2010s era that's like, fuck, not even that, like, 90s. Because, like, we can even go back to um, Hard Boiled for other stuff like that, which is gung fu. But still, like, movies that are just like, we're going to have some very inventive action. You know what? We could even probably include The Matrix in here since they did have Hong Kong martial artists that worked on that movie. But yeah, House of Flying Daggers, oh my god, I was so close to getting a Blu-ray from this guy. He had that, and he had a Blu-ray copy of Man on Fire, which, you know, I got later on. And, you know, I loved fucking Man on Fire, I fucking loved it. And uh, that guy just never responded back to me. So, House of Flying Daggers, I will get it at some point. I don't know if I feel so strongly about getting it on Blu-ray now that I may just watch it however I can. But, man, I want to watch that one so badly. Yeah, no, and I think I definitely think I think this is going to be up your alley. Like, I think this will be something you'll enjoy, and uh, you'll get some you'll, you'll you'll get some enjoyment out of it. I actually it, it's reminded me that I need to see uh, which is another famous one, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, it's one I've never seen, so I'll probably I think that was on the Tubi TV or not Tubi uh, Roku channel too. So I'm gonna watch that at some point. Okay, I want to be sure before I say this, but Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think actually had like a really nice 4k steel book that came out at best buy and i always looked at him like fuck that's really nice but i just can't risk it so look it up crouching tiger hidden dragon steel book it's the first one that pops up okay that looks tiger, hidden that dragon looks 4k really steel book yes it okay. looks hot. It's this nice red. It's got some nice silhouettes. It's got a sword down in the center. The back looks nice. That but is hot. Yeah, it's just like I don't I don't know why. I just didn't feel strongly enough to do it, but at least the 4K copy, I've looked at it really often. I'm just like hit $10 somewhere. Hit $10 and I will give you money, please. 
Is it still? Are they still selling? No, no, the Steelbook is gone. Oh, Steelbook, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I've accepted that even if I love this movie, that Steelbook is long gone. Like, I there's there's no chance. Uh, but yeah, like this is still a movie that's like this is on my periphery and like all of the wire food, like wire food and and like kung fu and like early 2010s, 90s, all that shit. It's all on that same level of like I will get to westerns are in that same breath too. So, yeah, um, House of Flying Daggers, we'll get there out of 10. Perfect. Uh, yeah, your turn. Oh, did I give a rating? I don't know if I did. Uh, I'm going to give a rating if I didn't. It's a 7 out of 10. Really enjoy my movie. Glad I'd watch it. I'd definitely watch it again. Uh, again, kind of missing a little something for me because of the story. It was a bit messy in the characters, but it was good. Okay. My turn. Uh, this is on the list, but it's not really going to be about the game itself. It's going to be more about the experience that I had with it because I don't know when I'm going to come back to it. Which, I mean, to be fair, if I come back to it, it's probably going to be on PC. So, whoops, I'm sorry. Um, Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut. Now, the thing is, is that I streamed this. And I streamed this because, one, the... uh, I never like bringing up news, but it's relevant. Um, So, Square Enix, in their infinite wisdom, decided to sell off basically their entire Western uh, gaming development, which included the IP for Deus Ex, which means that, oh wait, actually not even that, the publisher that they sold it to is very, very good about remasters. And so to commemorate it, the fact that this game, Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, might get a re-release, I had to just dip in again, just remind myself, you know, a little bit of this game but as well this was also an experiment stream because i wanted to see if i could get my vita screen to stream at the same time that my game screen was working so basically it was the screen of deus ex from the ps3 uh my camera screen and then i had a connection to my vita where my vita screen would show up on there too now you may be asking yourself why is the Vita relevant to Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut? Now, this game is one of the early games that launched on the Wii U. And now the Wii U had uh, extra Wii U gamepad function uh, functionality. And I don't... This, this was the moment, honestly, back in like 2012, 2013, that it made me realize that the Wii U is nothing special. Was this game. Because Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut... If you connect your Vita to the PS3, it works no different than the Wii U gamepad and playing it on Wii U. And that was the funniest shit to me whenever I learned that back in like 2014 or 2013. I don't remember when this came out. Let's say 2013. All I know is that that was fucking hilarious. And I knew that I always wanted to try it. And I think maybe once I tried it, I got it connected. I saw the menu on the Vita, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I turned it off. This is the first time that I actually put in like an hour into gameplay to see it. And really, that's kind of more what my experience is. I fucking love the game. Um, really just getting into that world again and hearing the music and the cutscenes and everything. I was like, this is the atmosphere that I fucking love. And it just, it was speaking to me so much. And you know what? If I ever get back to the game and I keep playing it, I may, if I do go back, I'd play it on PC. You know, all of that is why I like the game. But going back to like why I even played it, the PS3, the Vita thing. So the Vita 
was basically the gamepad whenever you play it on PS3. Um, it would be the map. Whenever you would pick up um, documents, it would show up on the Vita. Uh, if you were ever uh, getting to like a little keypad or if you were in a hacking minigame, it would show up on the Vita. You could use a touchscreen on the Vita. It's actually really fucking cool. And what I'm more impressed with than anything else is that the Vita connects to the PS3 either through Wi-Fi or, or I'm sorry, Wi-Fi through the internet or a direct Wi-Fi connection to it. So either you're doing Vita to internet to PS3 or you're doing Vita to PS3 using Wi-Fi signals. Either way, I was kind of impressed because I think my Vita connected through the internet instead of direct and the latency was like just negligible from like ps3 to sorry vita to ps3 the lag was like negligible but yet you know the video the video you can definitely tell it was a little laggy but like besides that it was actually really impressive so yeah deus ex human revolution director's cut uh embarrasses the wii u and also i fucking love this game now dorian i know you love this game too so please take it yeah, this game is one I got I want to play this game again so bad too, but at this point like I'm just like okay. Oh, we just I, I have hope like, for, Embracer's I've, got us. Yeah, I have hope for a remaster now, big time. So, I'm not going to replay it now, but man, I have a lot of good memories of this game. This game is just like the perfect blend of genres for a game. Like you got some RPG elements in there, you got some shooter elements in there, you get your stealth elements in there. And it just blends it all together so perfectly. You get the really cool cyberpunk world. that, And I'm going to fucking say it. They did it better than cyberpunk itself. Fuck off. And we'll, we'll it's see when just, I get there. Man. Agree we'll see when else. you get there. But it's just so incredibly well made, especially for the time. And what's crazy about it, too, is as much as I love Human Revolutions, and I do. I think it's an incredible game. The series has always been really fucking good. The original Deus Ex on PC fucking amazing game now i'm not sure how it holds up now but at the time when that game came out i remember buying it and playing it on my pc holy fuck that game was incredible for its time and that series has always somehow been ahead of the curve on these things and there's such great games so yeah i'm with you there i think the game's a fucking masterpiece i've never played it on wii u i'll never fucking play it on wii u but um you don't need to you had a ps3 and a Vita, you can do that exactly uh, and yeah, it's just actually funny enough. I think I, I think of my playthrough on uh, Revolution. I played it through it twice. Once was on Xbox 360, and the second time I actually played through it on my PC. So never actually played it on PS. Something I should do one day. But yeah, just uh, incredible game, incredible atmosphere, and definitely you know one of my favorite. Uh, I forget what the, there's a specific genre name for that. Uh, immersive sim, I guess. Yes, correct. Remember? Yeah, and that's easily probably my favorite in that genre. So just a great mm. game. Dude, fucking Deus Ex. Like, after just my bad moments with Prey, I was like, fuck, do I just not really care about the genre? Like, what exactly is wrong with me? But no, Deus Ex with the entire atmosphere and that near futureness and just the music and just the, the even the art style, like, all of it was speaking to me so much. It's like, no, I can still like this. I really like Bioshock. It's not. It's not me not liking the genre. It's just something with Prey. So, yeah, it at least makes me happy that it might be in beef between me and Prey and not the genre as a whole. So, um, 
I'm going to go ahead and give Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut a score of the fucking main menu theme out of 10. Oh boy, just Deus Ex Human Revolution main menu theme. Toss that shit in YouTube. It's actually called main main theme. So like if you put that name in Spotify as well, the soundtrack is there. Fuck, this soundtrack is hot. Oh, it's a jam. Fuck. It's a fucking jam. Ooh, <laughs> so that cyberpunk goodness. But yeah, Deus Ex, fucking love this game. What's your score? Uh, it's like a 9 out of 10. Just an absolute masterpiece. Hot. One of my favorite games of all time. So. All right, your turn. Um, uh, let's talk about singing in the rain. Oh, what a glorious feeling! Uh, mm. yeah. So, so we're gonna give him a shout out. The clown prince himself, Mac, mm-hmm. Tendies. who was on the Tendies episode and is uh is actually making his own podcast. I, I hear it's gonna be called Rank. Uh, it'll be a very good one. Um, that, that, stop with the inside jokes, damn it. The problem is, is that we have the inside jokes. It's funny to us, and it's funny to, like, a few people, but then anyone else who, like, is not in the Discord just like, what the fuck is that? All right, I'm sorry. It's burnt tendies, which maybe one day we'll get. Mac, okay, you see, I'm looking that, at you. The problem is, is that now that's also another inside joke where this yeah, That's true. That we're never going like, to podcast. Jesus. Putin parrot. You see, there we go. There's another inside joke that I did again. You see, now I'm <sighs> sinning as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, singing in the rain, uh, we did our move. We do our monthly movie exchange. Uh, he gave me vertigo or sorry, I gave him vertigo, excuse me. And he gave me singing in the rain. Uh, and we were both very happy with these, each other's choices this month. Uh, he actually loved vertigo. Um, and I really like singing in the rain. Not only did I like singing in the rain, it was honestly one of the best musicals I've ever seen. What I really appreciated about this movie, I, I kind of had a moment where I watched some like it hot. Uh, a little while ago and i was like oh no am i broken do i have like more addy brain rot about something because <laughs> i realized with classical movies like old like older movies i just didn't find the comedy ones funny i didn't laugh and i didn't enjoy them as much if they were dramatic i could enjoy that like i love the apartment i thought that was really good and i enjoy many other black and white classical movies but something <laughs> about comedies for me just never hit Thankfully, this one has busted that slump for me because I thought it was legitimately funny. Uh, it made me laugh. It was obviously great with the music. The mute, the music is just incredible. Like, I mean, there's so many good songs in this, and so many not only iconic songs, but iconic scenes that you don't realize from other things. Like, holy shit, did uh, La La Land just rip a lot from this? And now I gotta fucking go back and watch La La Land at some point too because I was like, holy shit, there's so much. It's not rip, but influenced obviously uh, from that movie, and it's crazy. So. Like I said, just an incredible movie. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of like one of the first, like, really early, like, I guess, parody movies. Because it's basically parodying Hollywood at, at itself at the time for coming out of the silent film era. And, yeah, I don't know. This was just a great time. It, it's hard to watch a movie like this and imagine how you wouldn't have fun. You see, this seems like such a positive movie that I don't even want to make fun of it. So, instead, my joke score will do that for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a clockwork orange out of ten. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one uh it's a it's a nine out of ten for me uh like i said one of my favorite musicals of all time i really enjoyed it look i know that that was like a reference joke so maybe not everyone got it but i want to just say that i'm very proud of myself for that one like i already said earlier on that i feel like this has been a good episode it's it's a good, good runtime. I'm, yeah. I'm very proud of this one so far um that was a good one yeah so next up because i needed to back-to-back bees after i realized that my problem with deus ex i'm sorry my problem with prey wasn't that it was immersive simp because deus ex was just lulling me back into love all over again i brought back prey and 
I got Prey for free through the Epic Game Store however long ago. It actually is free right now. If you're listening to this episode contemporarily, it is free on the Epic Game Store again on PC. So if you want to redeem it, just create an account, redeem it. You don't have a PC, you have a phone. You can create an account, redeem it, and if you ever get a PC that can run it, you can just sign it. It'll be waiting for you. It's fucking incredible. I've been doing this shit for like, uh, however long that they started doing this, I created an account and I've just been redeeming games. I have so many fucking free PC games, it's ridiculous, and I'm never going to play almost any of them. Anyways, Prey is actually one that I'm playing. So, Prey, I think I finally nailed down the two things that aren't really speaking to me about it. But these aren't reasons why I'm going to stop playing. I've done one session and playing it on PC with a controller. I don't know. Maybe it's the higher frames. Maybe it's different expectations by playing it on PC. But moving over to PC, I've enjoyed the game comparatively more than the last two times that I, that I traded on PS4. PS4 or PS5, you know. The first time was PS4. The second time was playing the PS4 copy on PS5. Anyways, I don't know if it's the stability, but Prey on PC was working a little bit better for me. Of course, I'm still using controller. If you find me with a keyboard, shoot me. Um, Prey, it comes down to the combat and the atmosphere. Now, combat, I could probably trade that out for gameplay loop either way. Anyways, when it comes to the gameplay, like Deus Ex... Okay, we're going to compare it to Deus Ex and Bioshock because those are the two other immersive sims that i know i like deus ex has well like everything i listed earlier like it just has the atmosphere it has the music it has the art style and what i didn't mention is that i really like the stealth gameplay in deus ex um the director's cut and the original release i think have different trophies list and um i think in the original one I had seen that there was a trophy that you could get the game without killing. And the thing is, is that I already play stealth games like that. I'd want to try and not kill anyone. Um, unless you're like the original Metal Gear, which is like, <laughs> I'm not doing a no-kill run on that game. That game is really fucking annoying to do that. But, like, I think the one game that was stealth-related that I didn't try to do that for was Dishonored. Because Dishonored, a lot of the powers in that game were deadly. So it's like, I don't really want to handicap myself. So I'll kill, but I still want to do a no alert run, which I still failed. But like, you know. uh, Deus Ex, on the other hand, as soon as I got into that opening level, I checked. I couldn't find a trophy that says that uh, I couldn't kill anyone, but I still went, no, fuck it. I don't want to kill anyone because that's more fun for me. So Deus Ex has a gameplay hook and it has a whole bunch of the aesthetics for me. Bioshock. Bioshock, the gunplay isn't exactly the best, but that's okay. It's serviceable. The atmosphere is, like, cranked to fucking 14, so it's like, that's not a problem. Uh, the um, the video, not the video logs, the voice logs are still really fucking good. Um, the vigors are fun, so, like, that's still solid gameplay. So, we've got the gameplay and the atmosphere. Deus Ex, gameplay and the atmosphere. Prey, I find that lacking, honestly. The gameplay, I mean, I don't really like swinging the wrench. It just really doesn't feel right to me. I've already gotten back to a point where I found a gun, and even that just still doesn't feel right. I'm almost wondering if maybe... No, that's the thing, but people still like this even on Xbox. So, like, it's not a controller thing. So, like, I was going to say... I, what I was going to say is that maybe it's a mouse and keyboard thing, but it's not. Um... The, the gameplay, the combat itself doesn't feel right. 
I don't want to stealth in this game either. There's just something about stealthing here that I don't know if it's the level design where I don't feel like I want to sneak around. I don't know what it is. All I know is that for sure it's the combat and that, well, I, okay, I know for sure that the combat isn't speaking to me, but I also know that the stealth portions of that game feel very half-baked and it's not something that I want to do. So we've got that. And then the atmosphere. The weird thing is, is that you would think that a space station, like I like space, space is fucking cool. But for some reason, this game's atmosphere of a space station, once again, like even as the last times that I've said it, it just reminds me of like a worse rapture. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe because like it's this very industrial, closed in, like scientific place. But now it's brightened, and so it kind of removes, like, that mystery and horror aspect of being underwater in Bioshock. And then now the skybox instead of water is space. So I, what it is is that I think I like it to be imposing. I don't really... Prey just sort of seems like it just throws you in here and then go ahead. But, like, Bioshock, it throws you in. It's like, you're in Rapture. This is a terrifying place. Like, that's it. Like, you just know some shit has gone down. Prey, I... Is it the environment? Is there no environmental storytelling? There probably is environmental storytelling. But the way that I'm saying that is that I don't ever feel like whenever I walked in, there's been a calamity. It feels like it's very clean, almost like these people just disappeared. Now, once again, I'm going to go a little bit into speculation. This isn't spoilers, this is speculation. I have to assume that the mimics that I'm fighting are people, right? So... Did they just turn into mimics and then just walk around like they they were normal people? They didn't go insane and tear shit up? No, like everything still kind of looks intact. Like it still looks in place. So like that's not really working for me. So but by the way, the music though, the music is hot. Ooh, man, Mick Gordon, the man knows how to make a song. So Prey is one of those things that I'm like, I want to commit to getting to the end of this game. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to change my mind by the time I get to the end of this game, but I feel like I need to get through this game just to see what everyone's talking about. But yeah, praise. Pray. It, it seems like I am going to tolerate it so far. I apologize to everyone else by the time that I hate it. And I've told myself, I still need to beat it. Dorian, do you want to add anything about what I've said about prayer? Do you just want to echo about how much you like it? The year is 2042. Passive Pixels has been off the year, uh, has been off the air for 20 years. Uh, sadly, sadly, Addy's dead. Something happened. It was some tragic accident. Uh, he jumped off a cliff on purpose. Tragic accident. You'd be uh, excited. But, but, uh, but Edwin, Edwin has a thirst. He's like, you know, I want to do, I want to do an anniversary episode. I just want to do one more. Like, I just, I, I need to, I need to feel one more episode before, before I leave the podcasting life behind. So he fires it up. He gets his old buddy Poot to come in. Poot comes in for, for one more All-Texas special. Again, it's been <laughs> off the air for 20 years now at this point. And, and they're running through the list. And so Poot's like, Edwin, what's on your list? Edwin's like, well, I've got this. He's he listing off all these movies, probably Fast and the Furious Part 33, a bunch of different things. At the very end of the list, though, is Prey. He's trying it again. <laughs> I know. I will never let that happen because I will finish it this time. I, I I will finish it. I would need to have this be 
The Last of Us Part 2, Days Gone Levels of Hatred, Horizon Forbidden West for me to stop this game. All right? I This is... Look, there have been some games that I've been slow playing for seven years, okay? This is one that I do have the commitment of, like, I just need to get there, man. I just need to fucking get there. So, that I... To be fair, the I think while that's probably the most disturbing part of that scenario that I'd still be trying prey even twenty years from now, I think the other part is that I wouldn't have another Texas episode until then. So um <laughs> um yeah, pray. I'm gonna fucking try. I'm gonna fucking try, okay? God damn it. I'm gonna fucking try. AJ loved this game. I respect his opinion a lot. I, I fucking need to figure it out. Uh, eight out of ten for me. I really like it. <laughs> All right, your turn. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about uh, another movie you'll probably have jack shit to say about. Uh, let's let's talk about, uh, but don't worry, the, the next three, I'm sure you'll have thoughts. But we'll get wild strawberries out of the way. Um, so, yeah, why did I watch this? I had been watching a bunch of Bergman movies lately. So I was like, you know, I, I this one is really high up on the list for people. Uh, of course, I'm referring to Ingmar Bergman, the very famous Swedish director who kind of like Kur- Kurosawa is just known for classic after classic after classic. Um, I have seen a few of his movies now, Scenes from a Marriage, The Seventh Seal, Persona. Uh, so I was like, you know what, let's throw this on the Criterion watch because all of his basically I think all of his stuff is on the Criterion channel now. Uh, this movie was fucking outstanding. Uh, it's actually my second favorite Bergman movie. Now I have it just behind The Seventh Seal, but. I'll have to watch it again and see. It's definitely one I want to pick up for the Criterion Collection eventually. Um, And yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful tale. Just kind of about a man who's just kind of recalling his life and all of his major moments. He's old now. He's he's not dying, but like he probably doesn't have like super long left. And he's just like basically meeting people. He's going on a road trip basically. And along the way, he's kind of meeting people that remind him of various points in his own life. Um, and a lot of sadness there and some bad things and some happy things too. And it's just really well made. Um, Ingmar, he's kind of the same, like I, uh, he's, he's kind of a Kubrick in, in general too, where he's just a guy that makes so many different types of movies. Like none of his movies have really felt the same to me, but what I really find fascinating, and I'm not sure if he's the first to do this sort of thing. I'm sure there's other directors have done this before, but I find it interesting that Bergman basically has a lot of the same cast in every one of his movies. And that's kind of commonplace nowadays. Like you'll see a lot of familiar people returning in Christopher Nolan movies and Tarantino movies, for instance, but I don't know how common it was back then. And it's pretty cool that like he has these like basically staple Swedish actors that he'll like rotate in in different roles and different performances. And I don't know. I found that was really interesting. And I wonder if that's one of like the very first examples of that sort of thing. I imagine it would be just something that caught my eye. But yeah, this is just easily the most accessible film of his I've seen so far. It, it would be very easy to recommend this movie to simply anyone because it's just a very easy story to watch, digest, and uh, have a great time with. So really fantastic stuff here. Bergman, who the fuck knows, man? Like, I'm, I'm so sorry, my Bergman. Like, I think I have personas just sitting there. Oh, boy, man. I brought those criterions a while back. I should probably watch them, but like... Bergman, I swear, at some point, out of 10. <laughs> it's a 9 out of 10 for me. All right. Uh, next, I've got... You know what? These two are going to get bundled because they're pretty much close. One of them was like a very quick thing, so I don't even want to mention it much. So 
on my Vita, you know, the PlayStation Plus collection at some point would give you Vita games. The PlayStation Plus was fucking great. It was giving you six games at some point. Lovely time. So I've redeemed a whole bunch of games. And with the PSN scare that happened, with the PS3 and the Vita getting pulled off, you know, I doom prepped, right? I downloaded a whole bunch of shit to my Vita because if that network went down, I don't want to go through that download list again. By the way, if Sony ever pulls it down they need to fucking fix it because if you need to get to your download list it's through the playstation store so if they pull down the playstation store how the fuck can you get to your download list i digress um pixel junk shooter ultimate was one of the games that i had downloaded and i the pixel junk is a name that's been around like it's been around forever and it's just I assume it's this small little arcade game, and I decided, yeah, you know what? I've been meaning to try this. Why not? I started playing it. There's something about it that just wasn't clicking with me. It, it just, it's good, but again, I think we're falling into that valley of like, yeah, it's good, but there's probably better out there. And with Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, I had fun shooting it, but getting around and like connect collecting the astronauts and shooting stuff and avoiding lava i was like yeah this is fun but this feels like this would be a distraction instead of something that i'd want to do so then i dropped it that's pretty much it like that's all i can really say but the reason i mentioned this is because the next game i tried fucking hit and it's still fucking hitting holy shit i found the perfect endless game on Vita, and I couldn't fucking believe it. The game is called Downwell. D-O-W-N-W-E-L-L. Now, the reason I spell it out is that this game is that fucking good. If you have any sort of handheld device that can play Downwell, you should play Downwell. It is a simple-ass game, all right? You move left, you move right, you hit X. X is jumping, and it's also firing. What is down well? You are a creature, and you go down a well. There are enemies. You shoot the enemies. It's probably a roguelike because the level is always changing, right? So you jump down. You fight enemies. You shoot them. Your jumping is shooting. And there are these little caves off to the left and right that you can jump in that either give you money or they give you health upgrades. Sometimes it's a shop, right? You'll know when it's a shop. And fuck, this is so good. This game is perfection. You can just sit down and just play this game. And then you die. And then you just jump right back into it. Because it's so fucking addicting. I can't believe how fucking good this game is. Even talking about it right now, I want to keep playing it. Oh man, there's a person on a call that said to call them back in 10 minutes? Do I have any emails that I need to respond to? Can I go get a coffee or banana? The answer is no. I'm going to play a little bit of Downwell because I can jump in for like a minute or two and then pause it and then just jump back out. And I'm completely fine. This game is perfection on a handheld. I love this game. This is incredible. I'm probably never even going to beat this game. But it's that fucking good. It, it really just is. If you have a handheld device that can run this thing, do it. It's that fucking good. Now, Dorian, do you have any experience with Pixel Junk or Downwell or anything? No, the, the positivity on a video game is making me gag, so I had to mute Understandable. myself so you can yes, hear me fine. hurling into my bucket. 
Uh, <laughs> no, that sounds pretty. That sounds fun, honestly. Games like that, like that, are just kind of endless runners like that, are are uh, interesting. I've never heard of that one. Pixel Junk, I have heard of, not my seat. Like I just have no interest in that sort of game. But uh, no, I'll have to look into that Danwell one. I've never actually heard of it before. But you're not really a handheld guy. Like you, no. could play this on a console. It sounds like I'd rather play it on my phone. To be honest with you, it sounds almost like a phone game. No, I know it's a terrible thing to say. I don't, I don't, I don't mean that as an insult, but like those, that's what, when I think of endless runners, that's like kind of what I think of. Uh, uh, well, okay. It's not an endless runner. It is still level based. I assume there's actually an end. It's just that each level is procedurally generated. Oh, okay. 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 That makes more sense. Then. Uh, but, but if we're, if we're, if we're talking about mobile, um, most of the screen on the Vita is black and this game is vertical. So like. You know, technically, if was... you could have buttons, yeah, yeah that makes sense. You, Probably was mobile. Okay. If you, if you could have buttons on a phone, like this would be probably really good on a phone but like there's no buttons like there's no it's always the problem with mobile gaming there's a potential there but with no buttons you know you have a hard time yeah actually no like you remember the old android phones that you had like the actual physical buttons yeah yeah motorola had like a mod that you could actually attach to the back of it to turn into a controller it was really cool fuck that actually sounds really cool like i know that there's like those little attachments that you can put on the edge of the phone and it connects to the usb-c port or the lightning port i know that works but it's like that's not right that's not how i want to play this but like yeah, yeah no, you know no. like mm. yeah, yeah, I, re- I retracted fuck mobile gaming disgusting actually yeah no fuck them fuck them but like this game like it only is in portrait so on a phone it actually would fit kind of nicely just you know buttons you know we need buttons i mean fuck mobile game fan fuck it bullshit i don't even want that shit yes down well good <laughs> that's it that's uh, down well is uh, mobile crack cocaine out of ten. It's uh, I'll I'll Google it when I'm done and probably look at it and probably not think about it again for like a couple of months. But you know, never know. Perfect. Maybe. I'm done and I realize that I only have literally one more game. So like that that's it. Like you you carry it from here. All right, cool. Uh, let's talk about Kingsman: The Secret Service. Oh boy! Oh so. boy! Oh boy! Freebird. <laughs> So this is the second, I mentioned it earlier, Edwin sent this to me very generously, uh, because he's like, Disgusting. hey, you should watch this movie. And, or, I, I assume that's the reason why he sent it to me. But yeah, Actually, so like, there okay. was anthrax in there. The fact that you're still alive oh. for this episode pisses me off endlessly. Yeah, I, despite my best efforts to die, I think I've like just <laughs> gained like a protection against anthrax and things like that. I've tried anthrax before, it doesn't work on me. So. It just might be like, God fucking shit okay hold on I, this is gonna be a little side note uh stark tank snark tank had a fucking funny ass joke where they were talking about a guy who um would host a cop uh, well, sorry would host a competitive show where uh it's called is it anthrax or not and um they would just hand people powders to check out and uh the joke is that it's always anthrax listen what i'm saying is that whenever well if i Look, we'll see. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to cancel this or not. Who knows? Uh, whenever I cancel this, the immediate show that everyone should just go to is Snark Tank and said, carry on. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, hey, this movie was a lot of fun. I really liked it actually quite a bit, more than I was expecting to even. It was really good. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Edwin, the host of Past Pixels, for sending this to me. Uh, there, there's a lot of people I don't even know. Like, Taron Egerton is compl- like just a complete blind spot to me. I've heard of this guy, but I had never, I, I've literally never seen anything he's been in. So this has been kind of my, uh, my first exposure to him. And yeah, he was a lot of fun in this. Colin Firth. I mean, Colin Firth is always great. Samuel Jackson's yeah. having a blast. Michael Caine is like probably one of my favorite, just supporting actors of all time. So he was great in this too. And yeah, it was a fun movie. Lots of good, like there was some really good twists that I wasn't expecting some things that happened. I was like, Oh shit. Didn't see that coming. So it kept me on your toes, which is great. Um, and I'm going to 
the the there's a scene in particular without going going into spoilers, but you, the church scene. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, dude, dude! Anyone who's seen Kingsman, yeah, you talk what about a the church scene. what a fucking like well, I don't know, was it five minutes of action, ten minutes of action? I'm not even sure. But holy shit, that scene's so fucking well done. And made like probably easily the best action sequence I've seen since probably the bus scene in Nobody. But this mm. might even be better than that, man. It was really fucking good. And just oh like what a scene. And yeah, I I just this movie was a blast. It was so much fun. Um, I've heard it's unfortunate. I've heard the sequels are pretty bad and they get progressively worse as they go. I'm dumb. So I'm probably still going to at least try the second one and we'll see where we go from there. But uh, yeah, this was great. Um, the clip, because like, you know, my YouTube search history, it knows me. So I typed in Kingsman and it immediately went to Kingsman church scene because I've definitely watched this many, many times. Um, the clip is four minutes and 40 seconds. So it's like about a, it's just under five minutes of just holy fucking shit. This was in you this entire time, Matthew Vaughn. This was in you. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, Kingsman is a really fucking inventive action movie. Like, it makes me really sad that Matthew Vaughn, like, he's actually made two of the movies that, like, I really adore X Men First Class and Kingsman the Secret Service. Both of these movies aren't really like, you know, like, ah, you know, these are, wow, best movies ever. You should totally watch these now. But there's a charm to them that I just love a lot. And Kingsman is in that level. It plays itself a bit as a Bond parody, but, you know, it not full on like Austin Powers, but it definitely is like, yeah, we're riffing a little bit of Bond. I know it's a comic. Shut up. Comics don't exist. Um, you're stupid, okay? I'm going to gaslight you into thinking that comics aren't actually a real thing. Um, Kingsman, though, like, fuck, man. That action scene. Like, I, there is a good movie attached to this, right? Did you know that Mark Hamill's in this movie? He's there. And I always yeah, forget every single there. time I watch this movie. It's like, oh, yeah, you're in this movie. Yeah, but well, you when, know he shows, when he shows up, you I was like, what? Mark Hamill? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, Kingsman, you just all roads when talking to that movie lead back to the church scene and that church scene don't watch it up on youtube watch the entire movie get the church scene finish the movie you know the rest of the movie isn't going to compare to it but like that church scene fuck it's that good it really is that good yeah that shit fucks hard uh so anyways my score is going to be church scene out of 10 i don't i don't even want to talk more about it it's that fucking good <laughs> eight out of ten very very good action movie very well made i'm very happy are, are you keeping it what do you think you're dumping it oh no i'm definitely keeping that well I, oh. in fact not only am i keeping it but i would actually like to get a steely for it too like it's very Ooh, good so boy oh yep, yes def- all right that, that one's definitely staying the sequels probably not but we'll see where we go I- fucking nailed it all right oh actually <laughs> sequels um the second game uh the second game second game why am i saying second game jesus christ it's it's video, video game, game brain rot. rot yeah exactly um the second movie it's fine you know it's fine it's it, it still has that energy but like the first movie just overall has a consistent betterness to it it's just it's just more consistently better the other one like just feels like it wasn't properly paced and it just sometimes loses itself a little bit and then they try to have another church scene there it's not like 
obvious we're gonna try to do another one but it's like you can tell that it's like well i mean the first movie was very well known for like what felt like a handheld one-shot action scene so we're gonna need to do that again to some degree so yeah, the second one it feels like there could have been a good movie there but uh a lot like kick-ass 2 it's like man you should have probably just left this as a one and done which the funny thing is is that matthew vaughn never did another x-men movie so you know what maybe this man should just do one movie and then dip so uh yeah uh I already gave my score, so uh, is it my turn, or do you want to expound? I, I've still got two left, so I should do one more here. Yep, go for uh, it. Because you only have one, right? Left. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's do it. Let's. I, I've been. I'm. I. I. I don't know how much you have to say about this, but I, I got to talk a little. We got to talk a little bit about this movie because it's so fucking great. Let's talk about Mother. Go. <laughs> and, and, oh. oh man. Okay. Okay. No. No. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. Everything that we say about this movie should not be taken as a recommendation. Do, is that oh, same, God, same? yes. Yeah. I First of all, let me just get it out of the way. I love this movie, but for same. the love of God, do not take that as a recommendation. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> if you listen to this show and you're like, oh, these two fellers like that mother movie. I should rent that. That there on the – like, no. No, stop yourself right there. This is not a recommendation. I am not ready to burn my credibility. I need to know who specifically I'm talking to to know if this is the movie for you. So while there's you know going to be a lot of positivity, just go for it. You know what? Fuck it. I'll burn my credibility. Get, no! get, get, get the family together. No, no, get get not, your young no, kids in the room. No, no. Oh, oh, mother. God, no, no, no. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, okay? This is this is the guy who did um uh, Wrecking for a Dream, okay? Do not listen to him. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, this movie. Oh. Okay. Let's start at the top. I actually do want to talk a bit about spoilers. Um, yes, so that's let, fine. Let's, let's let's start at the top though. Um, my, my 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 first note is: boy, do I love me some fuck shit. And that's <laughs> yeah. This that's basically what this movie is. It's some fuck shit. I I think the reason. I, first of all, I totally understand if you come to me and you're like, "Man, this movie's a piece of trash," I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, man, I get you." Like I do. Like I'm not going to argue with you about this movie. What I think I appreciate about this movie is there's absolutely no subtlety to it. None whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly obvious what his message is. He's not trying to be coy or play shy. He is literally taking out a fucking baseball bat, smashing you in the fucking face over and over again and saying, see, 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 see. And you're like, yes, yes, Darren, I I see. Thank you. Please give me another (laughs) shot to the face with your baseball bat. And (laughs) It's just so fucking insane. So if you have any thoughts, go ahead. But then I want to go into spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so general thoughts about Mother. This movie is just a fucking wild ride. I remember that Darren Aronofsky said that, like, he he banged out the script in, like, two days in a hotel room. And something about the frantic nature of how he wrote it just kind of speaks to me because it blends into the movie. Like, it really does. So, like, this movie, you are right. It lacks subtlety, but there's something about it where it owns up that it's not oh, yeah. subtle, that that's why it flies. Like there is some, you know, there's one thing that comes to my mind whenever I talk about lack of subtlety that, um, you know, I'm, I already mentioned it once. Let's not bring it up again. But, you know, <laughs> lack of subtlety can be a detriment. But when you own that shit, when you're just like, who fucking cares? We know what we're going to be and we're just going to be that respect. All right. Movies that are smart and know they're smart, go ahead. Movies that are dumb and know they're dumb, go ahead. Whenever you intermix those, that's when I'm not feeling it, all right? Whenever a dumb movie thinks it's smart, no. Whenever a smart movie thinks it's dumb, that probably I haven't really seen actually ever now I think about it. But, you know, (laughs) 
you know, I'm Good pretty idea. sure in that scenario, I'd be annoyed too. Um, anyone who knows a movie that's smart but thinks it's dumb, please message me. I'm curious now. That's an actual one that if you have a good example, please tell me. Um, but anyways, Mother, yeah. It, this movie just goes so balls to the wall that I just can't help but love it. It's like, you're not wrong. It's fuck shit. It's total fuck shit. And there's definitely a piece that happens in it that definitely had me cracking up where it's like, this might, this is definitely like top 10 worst shit I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> but I love it. Um, so yeah, you know what? Uh, are you ready for spoilers? Because I'm that's my spoiler. That's going to be the spoiler I lead in with. It, I, I assume we're thinking the same thing. And if we are, I'm gonna uh, let's say it at the same time because I want to see if we're I want to see if we're on the same page here. So okay, let, let's so try this. I will do my three, two, one, but I also yeah. say go, and then we'll say it. Okay, so three, okay. two, one, go. The baby getting its neck up snapped? the baby Jesus. Okay, and that, yeah. The, the whole baby part, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, like, the, the highlight of that movie for me is seeing people's faces while they're watching that bit, that entire bit. Like, oh, she's pregnant. She's got her kid now. Oh, no, he's going to take the kid. Oh, oh, no, they're passing it around. Be careful with rock. Oh, well, the baby's head just, they're eating the baby. She's getting raped. And no, I hold mean, on, this hold on. Is the all... baby pees out of fear. Oh, yeah, and it does that too. So th- this is about all... that important piece. This is all in like, I swear to God, it's five minutes. <laughs> We're talking yeah. in a five minute stretch. All of that shit happens. Oh my God, Darren. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, that's the baby Jesus. That's supposed to be baby Jesus because you got yeah. uh God, who is Javier Bardem, yes. which incredible casting. The, the fucking Javier yeah. Bardem is God. Absolutely. Wow. That's a that should let Absolutely. you already know that things are wrong. Um, yes. Very <laughs> um, <inspiring. laughs> I'm sorry. I'm proud of that one. Um. I you know I've been I've been on right now. I've been on, which is shocking because it's hot as fuck in this room. So, um. So. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Earth, you know, whatever. The met- the mixed metaphors get really weird where it's also like the beginning of the Bible and it's Genesis, but it's also an environmentalist story. Like, it's both of those. And then it's like, well, which one is it? And then Darren Aronofsky just looks you in the eye and goes, yes. So that <laughs> the baby Jesus peeing himself out of fear and then having his neck snap and then being eaten by the masses. It's just like there's a metaphor here somewhere. You know, uh, the blood of Christ, the body of Christ eating the the masses, uh, eating Jesus with this little innocent thing that just wants to help. Yeah, there's a lot of metaphors, but like that baby's neck just snap, got snapped. And like, that's enough for me to be like, what the fuck is going on? So, yeah, that movie. Oh, boy, that's a that's a fucking wild one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just from here. It's just like it, it, it's it's not even like it's definitely a little bit of a slow build, but then you just get to that point where the movie just like all those people start filtering in the house, and you feel the claustrophobia of it all, and like all of these fucking people, and like things just start getting so fucking insane. It turns into a fucking war zone, and, and Kristen Wiig shows up. Like, what the fuck are you doing here, Kristen Wiig? This isn't your type of movie. And there's just. <laughs> It's so fucking yeah. strange and bizarre. And like I said, like my what, like I love watching this movie, or I want to watch this movie with more people that haven't seen it. And like, <laughs> just tell them nothing. Just be like, oh, it's a romantic comedy. Come watch this. Oh, 
<laughs> and like just to see the looks on their faces when the fucking baby's just getting eaten by everyone. Are you just trying to filter out people in your life? Is that what you're trying to do? You're just trying to see so. who the real ones are? I think so, man. You gotta I fucking love this movie. It's so self-indulgent, but it's fantastic. And by the way, really nice 4K cut too, which whatever. It could have been shit and I still would have had fun with it. But yeah, it's a nice 4K cut and I love I I really like Darren uh, Darren Aronofsky. He's one of my favorite directors, and uh, he's he's working on it. I actually think his new movie is coming out this year, which is like the whale and fucking Brendan Fraser's in it. So I'm really excited for that. I hope uh, I hope it's been good shit because it's been too long since we've gotten some uh, uh, Aronofsky uh, fuck shit. So it has been a while since we've watched a very enjoyable f minus cinema score movie um yes oh yeah i forgot that we got the f minus yeah <laughs> which i mean to be fair I, I, understandable. Love, I love that this was made by universal too like universal actually put a budget into this like this is like not one of their art house labels like they spent money on this like they, they must have fucking regretted this one they would, like, holy shit. Dude, they were probably so pissed and just like why did you do this why would you do this to us <laughs> we put Um, our name on the baby jesus murder movie (laughs) oh my god it's so great too because like i i love black swan like i like black swan more than mother like black swan's one of my favorite movies and like that was actually done i think by fox and so they probably like were probably like okay yeah he's definitely a little bit out there but like he makes really good artsy movies so we'll give him a bit of a budget and then he's just like oh we're gonna do this instead (laughs) like takes black swan and cranks it up to fucking 15 like jesus christ oh my god i i fucking adore this movie for all the wrong reasons all i know is that or maybe it's the right reasons i don't know maybe i, I think it, i think it's the right reasons <laughs> anyways anyways uh, i just remember watching this movie in theaters i was like man i'm not even a homeowner homeowner but i'm did i say homeowner whatever I'm not even a homeowner, but like I'm just having an anxiety attack watching this and thinking if this were my house. Now that I own a house, part of me is thinking, fuck, part of me is, you know, oh, no, I might actually this might be one of the greatest horror movies of all time. If I watch this now, get off the fucking sink. It's not set. You fucks. Jesus Christ. I was I think I whispered to my wife. I was like, that's when we need a gun. That's why we need one, okay? Whenever <laughs> we get a house. This is 2018, okay? I know eventually I'm just going to... Look, we're going to get married at some point, but whenever we get a house, we need a gun, okay? What if these fuckers just come out and start jumping on our sink, okay? Oh, man. Uh, anyways, uh, that's all I have to say. If, if you have anything else, go ahead, but I'm going to get my rating now. It's an 8 out of 10. It's a tremendous movie, but yeah, do not take that as a recommendation, please. <laughs> no, no. My score for this movie is fuck you, movie. I love you. Out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great um, score. Perfect. The last thing on this list is Apex Legends. Uh, this is going to be a wet fart of an ending. Usually we have like much. Oh, no, I, I still got one movie left, so don't worry. Oh, you do? Okay, well, all right. Well, my ending then. Uh, Apex Legends. Uh, the boys be playing and Apex is in the rotation. Um, I fucking suck at this game. Like, I'm actually kind of impressed at how much I suck. Um, there are probably people who have been playing this shit since it dropped. I haven't come back to this game in, like, probably two years. The reason being that my EA account was locked to an old email address. And when I switched over to a specifically gaming email address for, like, all of the random shit that I need. And then I have my basically professional email. Um, yeah, it was tied to, like, three emails ago. And it's like, oh, fuck. So I got on EA's site one day. I was like, the boys want to play Apex. I'm going to get through it, damn it. So... I eventually got my account back 
and you know the boys were playing i fucking suck um i'm actually kind of shocked about how low the average iq is of the person that you get grouped with if they're a random uh, because even though I suck, the boys still want to play with me because apparently even me just communicating and not being completely brain dead puts me above like 90% of the community. Uh, that's pretty much it. There's nothing else I can say. It's a fun game. What, what what else do you want? It's Apex Legends. Do you want to get the lore? Fuck you. I'm not talking about the lore. Doreen, I know this is one game that actually did speak to you, right, during your minor multiplayer days. So talk to me. Apex. Yeah, no, I actually do want to get back on and play a game, maybe even with you and with some of the other boys there at some the point. Game, the gamers um, gathering up, oh boy. Game us, game us. Um, no, 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 no. Are we, right. or did you, were you insulting yeah. them? No, that's the thing. If we don't shower, then it's gamers. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, Apex is good. I like Apex. It's actually probably my favorite thing I've ever, like, I, I'm famously, I don't love Respawn. This is actually probably my favorite thing from Respawn, though. Uh, I actually enjoyed worst. it. Uh, during the lockdown, uh, the famous COVID lockdown of 2020, I played a ton of Apex. Uh, I'm garbage at it. Like you think you're bad, you have not seen me play Apex yet. So don't worry. You will find somebody that is actually you that you were significantly better of because I am no, terrible. Here's at the thing. Game. Here's the thing. I was good during the early days. So if I'm bad now, you stand no fucking chance. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I'm shit at this though, man. But it's fun. I, I don't know why. Just something about the shooting feels really good. Um, it just feels poppy. Uh, it, and, and I like that there's no building bullshit. Like that's what always turned me off of Fortnite. PUBG always just seemed jank to me. This just seems more polished and I don't know. The characters seem cool and visually it looked nice. So that's why I think I chose Apex when I did play one of these. And yeah, it's a fun game. Don't got much more to say than that. It's like, I mean, it's never a game. Like I, if I go back to it, I'll play it sparingly. It's never going to be Overwatch for me, which is like my crack, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. All right, uh, my score for this is going to be Respawn has never missed, okay? And anyone otherwise who says that is undeniably, irrefutably wrong out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give that a I'm wrong out of 10 then. (laughs) And uh, yeah, let's finish off this wonderful episode with a little bit of Christopher Nolan Kino. That is, of course, The Prestige. Sorry, Christian Bale. Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, David Bowie. We got a loaded cast, baby. Um, okay, so I have a very, I have very strong opinions about this movie. This is, I think, maybe the third or fourth time I've seen it. I've definitely seen it twice before. Maybe it's only the third though. Uh, I definitely appreciated this movie more, spending some time away from it and watching it again. It's really great. Ninety nine percent of this movie, I fucking adore. Um, Hugh Jackman, it's a shame he's never worked with Nolan again. I think he's great. I think he's a great actor in general, but yeah. he's fantastic here, and I would love to see him do more stuff with Christopher Nolan. Uh, obviously, Christian Bale and Nolan work really well together. Michael Caine, obviously, is fantastic here. Uh, it's a great, really just well-made story about a couple of dueling magicians and like the lengths they'll go to, basically, to kind of one-up each other and you know have a successful career. And it starts off very tragically and kind of builds from that. And it's a fantastic film. Like it's really incredibly well made, and I I love so goddamn much of this movie. And it it would be probably like right now. I, I updated my Nolan rankings. And I put this fifth, and that is all of that. In spite of me thinking the fucking last like maybe three minutes of this movie are dog shit, and they piss me off so goddamn much. So I'm gonna go into spoilers. But those are my kind of early thoughts on the Prestige. Ed, go ahead. All right. Um, I, 
I was really thinking it's like, okay, are you going to give me something that I can jump off of? Uh, it might just end up being, well, no, that's the thing. We already talked about this movie, so anything I feel like would be treading old ground. So uh, specifically while you're talking, I went back and looked up at, excuse me, I went back and looked up which episode I had watched it for. Uh, it's the 23rd episode, so that might have fresher ideas. All I know is that The Prestige, it is very good. It is very well acted. I also find it fucking hilarious because it just seems like these two people just constantly fuck each other over. Like, it's it's literally just Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote if occasionally Wile E. Coyote actually got some Ws. Like, that's what this movie is, except they're magicians now. Uh, so, The Prestige, really fun. I think maybe if I were to watch it again, maybe I'd hate the ending as well, but, like, it, it, it's fine. It's fine. Sometimes you need some dumbasses to be included in it. I don't think it ruins the movie as much as you hate it, but either way, spoilers at this point, I recommend it. Go. I actually forgot that you talked about it. Like, there's my dumb memory again, but yeah, episode 23, I guess we did talk about it. Fuck. So anyway, so, so I'm going to repeat myself because I just watched it. Fuck it. <laughs> Hold on. It, look, 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 no, look, look, look. Let's just, let's get this out of the way. Okay. Um, specifically in my notes, I have it separated by like january 1st to the 15th it's never accurate because of recording days but like in my mind it works i'm gonna be off a couple of days who fucking cares uh what i started doing is i've added the number of the episode next to it so if i ever need gotcha. to pull it back really quickly boom, done fair enough uh oh uh, side note before i go to spoilers quickly because again apparently we've talked about it. fuck my memory's bad holy shit <laughs> it's uh, fine we can do it again like if you yeah, feel we'll do like it again it is, well, go for it groundhog day uh the 4k for this sucked very disappointingly, actually, like yeah. it was, it it looked like a Blu-ray. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's, it's it's not bad. Like there's not like tons of film grain, and it looks like shit. It just looks like a Blu-ray. So I was a bit disappointed there, especially compared yeah. to the other Nolan 4Ks because they're all so good. But also, anyways. I mean, we've gotten into Criterion Collection, so like we know what a good Blu-ray looks like. Yes, correct. We're snobs now. Mm. Uh, okay, right. so three, two. One yes, I know we're all dumbasses, so you need to explain it to us. But God damn it, don't do it. Look, okay. First of all, I actually did bump my rating of this up. It's a nine out of ten now. I I, I I'm more positive on this movie than I ever was before because I think ninety nine percent of this movie is really fucking great. But holy shit, it, it's it's so egregious to me. Like normally, okay, I get pissed off when they spell out the ending, anyways, because I'm like, you know, I'm not dumb. I'm not a fucking moron. Don't treat me like a moron. I don't need that. So. That alone pisses me off. Like, I don't like that cliche in general. But it's so insulting in this movie in particular because it's a movie about magicians that don't give out their fucking secrets. So why are you doing that? God, it pisses me off. Like, it's like, it's so tone deaf. The movie is about a fucking pair of magicians who won't give out their secrets. They keep fucking with each other. They think they're getting the secret. They never get the fucking secret. And then you fucking explain the secret at the end. Like, it's literally tone deaf to me and it drives me mental. If this was any other movie, I wouldn't even harp on it that much because it's like, okay, you're just doing this for dumb audiences. I get it. But the tone of this fucking movie, and I would actually love to know if this was Nolan that did this or if it was the studio that did this. Because if it's Nolan, this is the biggest misfire of your career, buddy. But I have a feeling it might be the studio because I remember this one wasn't WB. It was Touchstone or something like that he did this with and he never went back to them again. So got a sneaking suspicion that 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 might be uh, why this bullshit happened, but who knows? Anyways, uh, you know, the prestige. Look, you had me for a second. You were like, ooh, it's going against the tone about them revealing the secrets. Look, you had me, but the entire movie is them looking and going, wait a minute, how did they do that? Like, 
I didn't fucking know that they killed birds when they had it in the cage. So, like, you are right. Yes, magicians don't give away their secrets. But this entire movie is then giving away secrets. So, like, you are right thematically. But also, I could argue thematically that, yes, they would reveal it at the end. Yeah, fair enough. I still don't like it. Fuck. No, no, I don't know. There's no winning this. Like, this is this is literally just like, yeah, we're yeah. both right, but there's no, yeah, you, we can't dispute yeah, the other right. person. You're right. Anyways, that's all I have to say about the Prestige. We already talked about it. Go back to fucking episode 23. Great movie though. Uh, like I said, top five Nolan film for me. Uh, stellar stuff. Nine out of ten. Perfect. So, is that the episode? That is the episode. Holy shit! If I can cut this to two thirty, it's gonna be great. All right. You probably should. There's a lot of dead time in there. So, yeah. shit, you're right. You're right. Okay. You know what? I said end card, but you. Know, Ah, oh, fuck. I, I shouldn't have said that I said end card because now I have to keep that end card in. Whatever. Here we go. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's Boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.